Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome to the TTPOA podcast. A podcast for SWAT officers, military, and all first responders. We'll be talking training, tactics, and leadership with the best subject matter experts around. Here are your hosts, Derek and Brandon. Well, hello, 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 uh, podcast land. Brandon here. Uh, Derek, man, how you doing? Uh <laughs> I'm actually doing really good right now. So uh, I was yeah. thinking I need to add something to the intro instead of all the things that we're talking about leadership in this. Uh, how about adding shenanigans? Fuck to tartary. That? God almighty. <laughs> I wish we'd been recording for like the past 20 minutes oh, because uh, our two guests here are. Oh, jeez. Uh, it's, hey, it's, are you guys. I mean, you still may be drunk. I might be. Yeah. Have you been. Are you like you're sober, right? I'm sober. Yeah. yeah see? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional. You are a professional. Yeah. Someone's is... not at this table. Oh, is that true? We have Brendan and we have Brendan and Dale on yeah. the show today. Yeah. <laughs> From Step Brothers. Step Brothers. I, I was told by Matt Branca to come to TTPOA specifically for the party scene. The party. Yeah. Well, I th- I think we're taking advantage of that. So. And uh has it has it been everything that you dreamt of? Uh yeah, no, it's you know you have a good night when you wake up in the morning. You're like, oh, hope I didn't do anything too heinous last night. And you go through your phone. You're like, I don't remember taking that picture, but it looks like everyone's having fun. Yeah. That's awesome. He had a good time. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, was, I think it was probably, what, 13 plus hours where I didn't have a drink in my hand for any longer than like 60 seconds. <laughs> Yesterday. For you? For you. Yeah. You started drinking late, though. Yeah, yeah. When you we didn't went to start the drinking until lunchtime. Ben yeah. was ten. Oh yeah, because our podcast we did with you was like what nine thirty well, to ten. Yeah. No, that's yeah. no. I actually started. I had my first drink at five thirty in the morning. Oh, on a plane. On a plane. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. That, that's right. That doesn't I mean, count. that's legal. It's that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. normal. You can't drink all day unless you start early, right? Airport rules. Yeah, that's airport. true. That's true. <laughs> airplane that's true. rules. That's airplane cool. rules. And I wasn't even going to have a drink, but the person sitting next to me ordered. A vodka and orange juice. Oh, and, no, then it's game And up. I was like, well, fuck it. Let's well, do it. Well, it's breakfast, orange juice. I mean, it's, yeah, it's completely... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't can't get beat by a girl either. Come on, man. No, that's it wrong. Was like, yeah, let's... <laughs> all right, I guess we're having a drink. There you go. <laughs> all right, so um, thanks to Triarch Systems, uh, triarchsystems.com. They're our sponsors. They're the ones that provided all that uh, free alcohol and liquor in the hospitality suite. So thank you all, Triarch, for uh, sponsoring that and getting these two gentlemen uh, having a good time. So uh, Triarch, they provide uh, tailored solutions for professional end users to keep pushing forward. So thanks, Chris, for for sponsoring this stuff uh, with us, uh, being a big part of um, TTPOA. Derek, episode, season two, episode what? Uh, We don't know, do we? Yeah, well, we kind of had a little issue maybe. So maybe episode five or six. Let's go ahead and say six. six. Let's just say six. Six. Let's just say six. Maybe a little little incident with episode five that may not get... (laughs) That may not hit the air. Yeah, who knows? Well, what, what, what happened? Yeah, it's lawyers are getting involved. Derek got naked, and you know it's questionable. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. So, um, man, we just had on this guest like yesterday, but in y'all's time, it was maybe several months. Now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And yeah, yeah. And the way we released these, it was like probably a month ago we yeah. had you on. So we have a world-renowned. Uh, Shooting expert. You're going to fuck it up. Ben Steger. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yep. Correct. Wow. Sure. Yeah. 
Is that what we go with? No, we're going with that. And I liked how you said world-renowned shooting expert. That yeah. made me feel good about yeah. myself. Is it, is it Ben or Ban? <laughs> yeah, are you saying, are you saying Ban? 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 Oh, like Ban. the skateboarder. Yes. Bam. Yes. Bam. Ban? Ban. Ban Stegger? <laughs> is that, never heard of her. And, and I'm glad they wore their tuxedos, too, to this interview. I, lo- I love that. I, lo- I love that. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, you guys are idiots. Yeah. But I love it. So, um... <laughs> Setting to my left uh, in front of Derek is... Uh, well, well, now you have to like explain the table. World-renowned shooting expert, Matt Pranka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. What? What was he? World-renowned shooting expert. Oh, but where did he come from? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't... I find the concept of Matt coming from anywhere sort of... Uh, oh, yeah. Sort of... See, like, he's... Scary. Oh, you'd want me to call Matt a Navy? Yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt's time in the Navy SEALs was good. No, absolutely <laughs> not. not a Navy SEAL. <laughs> not even for a second. So, was in uh, the Navy, but wasn't a SEAL. In the Navy, it's you all the can same. be what you want. It's all the same. It's, the it's all the same. It's all the same. Whatever. So, uh, I'm the Boy Scout. It's all the same. Matt, one it's thing I know same. is no one cares about your background. Like, just tell, I know. tell them yeah. about being a Navy SEAL and how it was. <laughs> So I think uh, I think Matt Pranka over here. It, this is our well, I guess Graham, but he didn't really count. This is our first uh, guest we've had on twice, right? I think so. Well, both of them. Have- oh shit! Yeah, there we go. Jesus yeah. Christ! I mean, well, he I mean- was he was literally here yesterday. <laughs> yeah. When did you start drinking? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we are drinking. Fuck man. <laughs> Why do I always make myself look so stupid? Well, because it's uh, because <laughs> I'm fucking you. <laughs> so no one no. else is going to make you look stupid. You got to do that, that yourself. That's true. I you have know. the same strategy. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then you you dazzle them sometimes with genius. So, Dude, you know. what just fucking happened? Uh, are you a fur? Dude, <laughs> he was literally wearing the same fucking outfit. Did you sleep in that? It's a different shirt, man. Are you sure? Oh, that's yeah. right. You had the violence of action violence, shirt. Yeah. Violence, speed, momentum, momentum. disrespect. Yeah, yeah my yeah. bad, my bad. I, I forgot. It was red, though. It was black and red. Yeah, no, yeah. this is my Skynet shirt. So okay. Something yeah. different. Okay. All right. <laughs> Neural net-based right. artificial intelligence All right, Terminator, training. calm down. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I work at this place. That's kind of, that's very nice. That's yeah. actually his whole platform when he teaches is neural net based myelination. You said, <laughs> you say nut based? No, yeah. no. Yeah. When Bam teaches, it's neural net based <laughs> artificial training. That's what we do. We teach people about critical dynamic incidents, how to handle them, how to myelinate everything. It's, the, it's you know, a lot of big words. A lot very of big intense. Words. <laughs> Low round count, though. Only 200 rounds for a four day class. <laughs> no, it's less than that. Yeah, we're not we're not out there squirting ammo, trying to waste it. No, yeah, you got to make every rep and count. every five syllable word I use, I get a bonus. The I, last time I shot you with get a him, boner or bonus, both, both. <laughs> it was literally twenty hours of one reload, one. It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> one reload, one at three yards. All right, man. That's 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 high speed training. There. I've the got it down now. Matters, so. <laughs> it's literally the only drill that matters. Um, so. Matt uh, runs uh, X-Ray Alpha Training <coughs> Company, um, Redneck Podcast. Yep. Why don't you Redneck Podcast this of the podcast? That'd be interesting. That would be. Yeah. What did you just say? 
Redneck podcast, the podcast. I yeah, think he's so, saying to turn on the Instagram live now. Yeah, so he, he oh. he's very he's, he he does it at a low budget where we spend all this damn money. He just gets on Instagram and you can do podcasts and it's live and it's on TV and all this kind of shit. So he does his own grinder. Have you been on <laughs> Have you been on grinder yet? Well, that's how I find him in the hotel. <laughs> is where I'm like, hey, where Location. are you at? Don't worry, I see you, and I, and I can just walk to him. It glows with other people around him. <laughs> what the hell's grinder? <laughs> don't act like you don't know what grinder is. Matt, that's the only play I have in this circumstance is to sit here and act like I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. What? What's going on? Right now, oh. he's got his hand in his pocket deleting that app. <laughs> I'm not fucking deleting that app. Oh, shit. It's funny. So we sat down a lot. What do we want to talk about? Like, shit, we don't know. Let's just let's just roll with it. And then the jokes are coming. So, Oh, man. Um, we, and we missed, like, seriously, we missed, like, 20 minutes of good ball-busting humor. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Damn. No, so it's good. So... Uh, it's it's good to have y'all on just because of the humor side of it, but um, y'all both have different backgrounds, um, but have a lot of the same philosophies. And I think there's probably things that you disagree with. I'm I'm sure of with maybe not, some stuff. I don't know. I'm not really sure what we disagree. On. Uh, oh, there you go. I think when it I think for both of us, when it comes to like the shooting part and training, mm-hmm. we we share a lot of the same ideas in terms of pushing it, like mm-hmm. having training's not perfect, mm-hmm. you know pushing really hard, pushing the envelope of performance, like what you can actually get done and then keep ready. I think for the stuff you've done, I mean, you've set the bar for the pistol world and have keep changing it. Changing like that. there's a lot of people, you know, I think share the similar, maybe similar thoughts or similar ideas, but the way that you package it with all your books, like it's kind of indisputable that a lot of people are just regurgitating ideas that came from you. Mm-hmm. Or or ideas that were packaged by you, yeah. And the explanations. Um, so what has what have been what has Matt kind of taught you, and and Matt what has been taught you as far as just the shooting world and things like that? Because you have obviously way different backgrounds, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you both have a gun in your hand and you're sending bullets downrange at, uh, at a high at, level, yeah, very at very a, high, at a very high level. high level. So what have y'all learned from each other? Uh, we'll have this you know, feel good time. And, you know, I think when, whenever you first started training, I, yeah. I first started training with you and brought you out to the, the unit I used to work at. It was, it was an idea to show everybody, you know, Hey, real life. Cause things become possible in your mind. Once you see them, yeah. you know, firsthand, a lot of it can be like, Oh, that's, you know, sub two fifty four aces or some drill. It doesn't matter. Insert any drill there. Yeah. It's like, God damn, it's just too fast. You can't do it. Then when you watch someone do it yeah. at a very high level with a ton of control a ton of pre- and repeat it over and oh, over yeah. and over, and then you see that, and then you watch them train and push and fail, like it, it becomes a, a real thing. And, and for, for the guys at that old place, it was super important to see the similarities because we had been training in a practical way mm-hmm. the entire time I was there. Okay. Like it, it was – that's what you did. You know, it, it wasn't a lot of guys would think it'd be super tactical. Like, I don't think I ever wore a vest on a range. Ever. That's what he was saying yesterday. Like, you know, because we got that, because we got in that, in, that, in that whole discussion about like law enforcement range guys not liking some of the gamey stuff through like what you guys do. And then I'm like, well, it kind of translates. And then he would like went into like how, you know, you guys just getting taught a, a skill set. 
Right? Yeah. It was super chill. You learned a skill set that you guys can apply to your tactics and your techniques or whatever it is that you guys are going to do with that skill set that you learned. It, to me, it's like <clears throat> it's not even it's not even on the tape. The fact competitive shooters, right? High level competitive shooters are fast and accurate. Mm-hmm. Somebody explain to me why that's not a huge benefit in the tactical world. Yeah. No. Like and and anybody people that talk about well it's a game it's a game you just haven't been in enough gunfights mm-hmm. gunfighting is all about it's a game you game the fuck out of it yeah you cheat hitting a target <laughs> right you don't just roll up and do you know for SWAT even you don't just hit a target you, there's planning yeah you know you're stealing time you're gaming the fucking scenario yeah to your advantage yeah which is the same thing that you know competitive shooters do and the in the takeaways from competitive shooting that tactical guys that never go shoot uh, USPSA comp or three gunner or anything, they they dismiss it like, oh well, you know where all the targets are. Like I have yet to see uh, a law enforcement military guy where I set up a stage, a simple you know twenty round ten target stage, mm-hmm. few positions, <clears throat> give them five minutes to walk through it that can execute a plan that they came up with in five minutes. Yeah, and they all walk away from it like, well, that just you know, and I always tell them like the timer is the timers control all. And the beep is the delete. <laughs> well, I tell people that I'm planning uh, smart Ben makes a plan. And then after the timer goes off, dumb Ben will be the one executing it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> smart Ben needs to like plan for yeah. what dumb Ben's going to do. Yeah. Dumb Ben yeah. does some dumb shit. No, I mean, that, that's, I mean, <laughs> you look at when, when we practice and we're doing, you know, entries, you know, you run one, you're like, ah, hey, you know, what'd you do? Ah, I did this wrong. I did this wrong. And then, hey, sometimes you'll run it again. And it might be a different issue, but it's like it, there's no perfect run. I mean, no, I mean, th- they're just not. Um, things happen. It's the human side of it. Uh, but I think that's where it goes back to training to go, hey, yeah, I might have messed this up, but my teammate was able to correct that or I saw it and I corrected it really fast and got back into our template of what we're using or doing or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so what have you learned from, from Matt as far as the – I hate doing this with Matt in the room. It's just going to make him feel good about himself, and I don't want that. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. Make him feel good about himself, and then we'll kick him in the nuts here. In a yeah. Bit. yeah. That's that's one thing. I There's a lot of reason to kick Matt in the nuts, and there's yeah. one very good reason not to. You know what I mean? Like, His nuts? He doesn't have a nut or what? No, what will happen to you? Um, <laughs> the you you'd feel like a stud for about three seconds. <laughs> Matt scares me a little. All right. Uh, but what I've learned from Matt, tons of stuff. So... Um, just like about training and shooting, it's, uh, and it'd be difficult to even quantify just because of how much uh, training experience Matt has with so many different instructors, the way shooting training works, um, you know, with the different organizations, um, the way different equipment works, all this sort of stuff. So when, when I see Matt and the, the, I think the tools he has available, the way the training is for him, it's a completely different approach yeah. to the same problem, essentially. Yeah. That, that's how I look at it. But the, the approach is 180 degrees, yeah. I would say, opposite to mine, mm. where I'm like, like one dude like working by myself in a, in a dirt pit, essentially, yeah. versus like a, this like institutional drive to yeah. get really good at shooting with guys who are very open-minded, very smart, and they have all sorts of resources. Like It's a very different approach to the problem. Yeah, yeah. But I do like what Matt says is, I've heard him say it many times on um, his Redneck podcast and, and, and things like that, how it intrigues you that people get so good with a gun that don't really have a reason to because they don't carry it every day. 
Yeah. Uh, and that that and when you started saying that, I was like, that is kind of fascinating to me. I'm like, well, why why that? Because you're shooting better than the than the men and women that carry a gun every day for their livelihood. <clears throat> and I think that is a fact. It, it's really changed the way I think look at things and go, hey, that that is interesting. Because yeah, you were in law enforcement, but that you realize pretty quickly. Yeah, like hey, I'm transitioning out of that to go do this. And so you don't have to be good at shooting a gun because likelihood <clears throat> you're not going to get in a sh- I mean, barring something robs you and all that kind of stuff, but that's not your everyday thinking process of, man, I'm going to have to. Maybe no, I'm not sh- like walking around all yeah. day looking like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to this domestic this. call yeah, with a that. weapon involved and the motherfucker's in the house and I got to go in there and contact this person. Like, oh, shit, this could happen to me. Uh, but I think that's a great thing. I've never thought about it that way when, when people do that. So I, I like looking at that going, man, you're really motivated on a, on a level that I'm not. And that's a good thing because I know why I'm motivated. I'm like, shit, man, I got to do this because my team counts on me, you know, citizens yep. count on me. My family counts on me uh, and stuff. So I, I, I think if like guys that. just put forth half the effort, like most SWAT guys put into like working out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some walking around the floor. There's some jack dudes down yeah. there, right? Put He's not giving half, you any credit though. That's good. Half the effort and up here. There's one. The, uh, it's about Ben. No, I'm not talking I'm about. Not talking him. about me. <laughs> Built like a beanstalk. Oh, that boy, that boy like, looks like a fucking mop. I feel like you guys are body shaming me right now. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you got 550 dude, cord actually, from your shoulders to your hands. Dude, actually, <laughs> it was actually so funny. One of uh, one of your colleagues, Matt, was like looked at me, like because I was demonstrating shooting with all these yoked out, like uh, yeah. you know, pretty buff uh, operators operating operationally. Those type of cats. Um, <laughs> He just looks at me and he's just like, I'm not trying to be like rude, but how do you control the pistol so well? Fuck you, bro. No, no, I was just looking at him just like, yeah, you get as yoked as you want. It's not going to help you shoot, dum dum. Because I'm fucking smart, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> how, do I bam. Can, how do I control the two pound pistol? Are you fucking kidding no, me? No, but, yeah, I'm but, an adult man shooting a Glock nine millimeter. Like, this is. You're absolutely bad. right, though, dude. Guys need to put time into training. I mean, they do. Yeah. And honestly, you know, like our training days are 12 hour days because of our schedule, right? Trying to keep it easy for some of the guys that have mm-hmm. other, other duties. And man, those days they, they wear on you, but you know, guys need to stay in the training mentally as much they as do. they can. And they got to pay attention and stay with us. People don't realize too, I think to develop like really high level shootings, what that actually takes. Well, high level, anything, mm-hmm. anything, but I think for shooting, it's there's you figure like if you if you applied some of the things like initial training, shooting training is fundamentally bad, I think, because it's organizational, it's or it's institutionalized. It's a way for one dude who's probably not a very good shooter anyway. I mean, let's be honest about that to teach 40 guys and the overemphasis is not performance, it's safety. Mm. Right. It's like NRA. It's just you have to be safe at all costs. And then they ingrain rather than common sense approach to safety, it's a fear Mm -hmm. of possible outcomes if you're not safe. And then that dominates it. So you're, you're constantly fighting that. Then you're fighting bad techniques because I can't teach nuances or efficient techniques because I have to do something that I can stand and watch 40 people all do at the same. Yeah. So now we've got to unprogram that if we want to talk about a performance side of shooting. So that's what we're talking about yesterday with him was that like, when, because you know, I'm the range guy where I work, 
I'll look. I'm, y'all drank at the same time together. Y'all looked at each other's eyes I, I, and then he drink. puts the whole top of the can in his mouth. That's yeah, fucking that's weird. impressive. And that's a, <laughs> wow. And that's an actual like a full size monster can that hey. you just yeah. Have inhaled. I can inhale on that, that drink, shit. I couldn't even see the label. <laughs> impressive. That's what I'm saying, Matt. Um, um, no, if I ever switch teams, you know, sexually, <laughs> like. <laughs> I would do damage. I'll tell you. <laughs> Dude, I would. Do damage. I would fucking kill Grinder. I'm going to be the kill it. If I was, if, yeah, if I, if, if I put effort into getting dudes, like, no, I, it would be amazing. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, so what this is telling me is that you've actually thought about thought this about just a little yes. bit, right? Does this just sound like anything coming out of my mouth has been thought through right now? <laughs> right now. Right now. Right now, I'm just This book just is getting it. written as it's being said. It's like... If I, I I wish I had a filter like just like I wish this part of my phone was a goddamn breathalyzer. <laughs> oh, that's good. Where if it's after well, fuck the time, it, that doesn't really matter. But I blow into it and it's like, nope. You can call. You can pick one number. Right. You can call nine one one and this other person, and it cannot be a video call. And also, none of your social media works. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what would that would be a hell of a uh, you might just become a billionaire uh, if you could design that. That's a good God. idea. Yeah. You could be the, the next Elon Musk. <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, uh, you, you swallowed a monster can? Is that what's cracking? Yeah. <laughs> Grinder. Hey, the bill drill is going to mean a whole new thing to Ben. Oh, oh, you switching teams. <laughs> I, I know. You switching teams. You're going to switch teams. He's got a bill drill and he's I got I a bill Oh, drill. if. If, if you switch teams. teams. You would okay. do damage. I would do damage. <laughs> I would do damage. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> I see you be a gentle lover. Oh no! I mean, I, I turn out some of these. So I was all say like, and not not a nice. Way. I, I'm not that gentle. I turn out. Oh man! Well, um, um yeah, shooting. Right? Ben has yeah. an Instagram account <laughs> and shooting. You can we? go on there and DM him and I see DM what happens. Slide into my DM. <laughs> it's gonna be all these uh, like uh, all these people with uh, uh, badges in their profiles sending me like, "Hey, dude, like, just slide into the DM. Just switch teams yet? Yeah, What's yeah. up? <laughs> I'll teach you how to do a bill drill. Hey, I can't find you on Grinder. Where you at? I, I mean. As soon as this is done, I'm creating a profile for it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's just do it like now. Let's yeah. just, hey. well, if there's a pay app part of it, I'll pay for it oh, too, just to man. bombard oh. your phone. And I, I think that's what's just fun with just guys being able to sit down and, and have these conversations. But yes. I know there's these a, are the conversations that matter. Yes, they are. Uh, but we talked about people having a sense of humor. You've got to have a sense of humor in this shit. I see the respect that y'all have amongst each other as what y'all do professionally, but also see the friendship and just being the brotherhood of just, man, you're my friend. And, and that's so important. And, and that's a loss in a lot of people. And it drives me crazy. Well, let me ask you a question. How many SWAT raids have you been on where we sit in the van because something's on hold or pause for a while? Same thing with you operationally. You know, yep. What are we doing in those vans? Or where we're, we're no, it's cutting nothing up. but dude, dick and fart dude, yeah. dude, we're busting yeah. balls. Yeah. I mean, we are busting balls left and right. Yeah. And if you don't get picked on, that's the person that that's, I kind of worry about because yeah. no one really likes Ben, so we're not going to really pick on oh, Ben. It's it's like this. Men insult their friends. Yes. Women compliment their friends. Yeah. Neither of them mean it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's point. <laughs> that, I, I, I like that. Yeah. It's true. Wow. It's just a fact. That's going to be a, that's gonna be a t-shirt. I'll tell you, big t-shirt. brain on I mean, Brad. You've seen it. The inside of a team room oh. is the most brutal environment. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Like it's, 
it's like you're forging personalities in there. And then there, I've had guys on my team that they just kind of stand there and face their locker and they don't do any, and no one pays them any attention. And that's the guy that's like, if I don't see them, they won't see me. Yeah. If I don't see them, they won't see me. And you got to embrace it, you know, especially as a new guy. Well, I think y'all have, um, I don't know, motto or whatever, but kind of like y'all's mindset when picking new people is don't pick the best person, pick the right person. Yeah. I think that's, that's like a big misconception about any selection process that it's somehow you're picking like, Oh, this is the best of the best. No, it's the right. It's the right guy. Yeah. It's never because you get plenty of dudes. I mean, you talk about the, the selections that I went through, it was, there are plenty notable guys that did not make it. Yeah. Right. Because they're not looking for these ultra, you know, ultra marathoners, ultra dudes, you know, and everybody yeah. knows the guys screaming and yelling at you. And they're looking for like a thing. It's like, good. You're, you're a good fucking runner. Big yeah. deal, dude. Yeah. I've <laughs> never ran a hundred miles operationally. Yeah. Right. I've ran 200 yards operationally plenty of times. I've yeah. walked long distances, but yeah. I get it. You, you learn something from yourself from, from running. But when that becomes your whole, benchmark is your fitness it's like you don't have to be that physically fit to be an operator at the highest level you just don't yeah you you need to have other skills you need to have a appropriate amount of fitness but more than anything you just need to be durable yeah yeah you know so it's it's like a b student across the board yeah dude yeah i would even say like a c student in some yes why'd you look at ben when you said that i didn't even get grades that good yeah (laughs) (laughs) but Makes sense now. Yeah, and, and I think guys lose sight of that of of just of having that because I always go back to personality is so big of, of, of getting guys on your team with that has that personality is going to fit. Not because hey, I'm your buddy, but because I don't want that either. I don't. Want, it's not you're not on this team because you're my buddy. Uh, you earned it. But man, personality is, is like personality goes a long way when Jules and uh, uh, they're having that conversation about bacon and stuff you know that goes a long way as far as having um the right persona that comes in here that can just jump right in and get made fun of and then start giving it back i'm like yeah that guy's gonna do well because then we can teach him we have a we now have built a relationship and you bought into the culture so man we can do a lot with you now i think it's almost like you're you're testing how well they're going to receive criticism yeah. in terms of just <clears throat> fucking with them because then when 100 you know that was one thing you did that's a game changer for guys at the level i was at where you come in and and having someone tell you hey that's just not good yeah and then explain why and did you do that you just go in like that fucking sucks i'm pretty direct with my feedback i'll put it that oh way. yeah it's like, i mean i'm I, i'm direct specific <clears throat> give people actionable things but it, like if something's <clears throat> not good or even well for guys like matt it's like it's like, I don't give a fuck if you're like good. It's like, f- this is, I mean, for you, you want to be as good as you can be. Yeah. That's why, I mean, you're not trying to, these guys are not shooting to be proficient. They're shooting to be as good as they can possibly be. So you got to give them a, like, you got to give them very direct feedback. And like, Hey, this is what you could do right now to be better. And, yeah. and so like most time that you do that, those guys, like they take it to heart and they do it. Or is yeah. it a struggle? Fuck yeah, they do. They, no, you that. want that. It, that's how yeah. we, we that, provide feedback to somebody, you know, is it's very direct. Like, so, especially on the tactic side, you know, because you're not looking anywhere outside of that unit for, for tactical development or TTPs or anything yeah, like yeah. that. So 
when you're doing something, it's like, hey, that fucking sucked. People like have, you are, and, and people don't like that. You, when you tell somebody like, <clears throat> hey, you are not good at CQB. Yeah. You need to get better or this is going to become an issue. Right. So, but <clears throat> dealing with those type A personalities, you, you tell them that sucks but, and then you give them advice on how to fix it. Well, that's what's, that's what's weird is you have this, people have this concept that these guys are type A, don't listen to nothing, biggest dick in the room, you know, that, that type of thing. But that's not real. These guys are intelligent problem solvers like Matt. So like if you look at Matt externally, you know, yeah, he, he looks the part, but like of what you would think, right? He mm-hmm. fits the mold physically, but m- mentally people don't understand. It's about um, the guys that are like, truly motivated problem solvers yeah. uh, they're, and they want to solve problems. Yeah. So it's like the, the reason I get along with Matt is because no matter what comes out of my mouth or his mouth, he's just going to say what he thinks. Like, no matter what it is, like, hey, this is what I think about this. And I can be like, well, this is what I think about this. And it's like there's no kind of fakery or bullshit there. Like, that's that's yeah. why that works. Yeah. That's one thing I think, like, it was so important to me for you to come to this. It, because I think that's what most law enforcement, one, it's what our industry, the, the tactical training industry, you know, needs is 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 honesty and not not like – there's so many things that are done in terms of like marketing, but everybody's got to have their, yeah. their gimmick yeah, or yeah. their niche. Their it's thing, like, why don't niche, you yeah. make high performance shooting your thing? Yeah. No. Right. Instead of this one element of whatever, and then be honest about it. What I see a lot of is, you know, I make jokes about it, but it's, it's literally, it's dudes brushing other dudes hair. <laughs> it's like, you don't, I get it. I'll give credit where credit's due. And I'm you're like, hey, yeah, that was good. Whatever. It's not that I'm brushing his hair. And I don't care about guys that are doing it. The thing that drives me nuts are dudes that need their hair brushed. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking issue. Yeah. No. Like, you're correct. So when Ben would come to your unit and train and he was completely honest with you guys and telling you how to fix that stuff, how hard is it for those type A personalities to listen to him or is the proof in the pudding, the way that he shoots, the way that he moves, the way he does his, his stuff. No, it's yeah, it's not hard at all. Like you look to, you know, you look to the highest level guys to develop those skills, right? When we, when we're doing driving, you don't look to tactical. We go to race car drivers, mm-hmm. world champions, yeah. skydiving, right? We're, we're doing jumping, right? We need guys to help us get better and more proficient at jumping. We go to, professional skydivers yeah dudes that we share nothing in common with right but you have this skill and it's very easy to listen to that especially when you're jumping out of a plane like, i better listen to your house yeah. <laughs> so. yeah like i'm gonna go to the i'm not gonna go to the guy that did x amount of time you go to x amount of time in the military or whatever you go to the guy that's like hey i've got forty five thousand jumps yeah yeah, yeah i think you is- know a thing or two about yeah know, it makes sense it, problems that we could experience and then you're trying to you know you're trying to make that learning curve so fast to get up to very high levels. You know, I think the problem, so like where I was kind of thinking about that was like dealing with the guys I deal with, like with law enforcement. Oh, they really right? like me. Well, and honestly, like I kind of tell them they suck sometimes, but I try to do it with humor so I don't get too abrasive because like I don't want to lose them. Like I don't want them to just to, just to shut me out and not listen to anything else I have to say. Because like, you know, like we talked about yesterday, like I treat people the same, which is differently. Like I know like with you guys, I could probably say something aggressive or harsh and it really wouldn't fuck with you right but if we brought some of those guys that need their hair brushed 
and I tell them the exact same thing, they're going to fucking just crumble and they're going to shut down. I think the the biggest difference is what like I've seen is there's no ego. Mm-hmm. Like, and stop me if I'm wrong, but there dudes don't have an ego. There's not like, you know, a fucking badass male lion doesn't need to sit around and tell everybody he's a fucking lion. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like that's oh, just, it's not a thing. You're yeah. at that place, you know where you're at. It's like, it's over. Yeah. We don't have to celebrate that. You don't have to, I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Like, no, we all know collectively, like that is a very lethal maneuver element yeah. that's sitting there. And then all that just goes away where yeah. you think about it. It's too, it's all, it's all like tested abilities. We know what dudes can do. We've done it. We've seen yeah. it. We've, I've been on target with these guys. You see what they're doing for a lot of dudes within the, the tactical world. It's untested skill. Yeah. Right. You can't, there's a lot of guys out there teaching gunfighting or, or having those words and those thoughts in terms of engagements that have never done it. Yeah. Like, how do you do, I don't teach advanced math cause I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And that's, that's one of the things where it becomes an egotistical thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, the drive is like, Hey, look at me, look at me. It's like, mm-hmm. no, we're just, we're training to isolate certain skills. Yeah. Right. And then it's up to individuals to package those correctly in their mind and then turn it into like an engagement sequence. Yeah. For all that. And that's what drives me crazy is, um, is bringing in, like you said, that the outside guys, the, the professionals in whatever field. And, and that's what I feel like when we bring in, uh, guys like such as yourself, I'm not bringing you in to teach me land navigation or, you know, jumping out of an airplane or I, I don't bring you into that. I, I bring you in to, do things that officers need to know and they need to hear it from guys that have done a lot of it and have inv- have been invested in. And then you can share experiences going, Hey man, you know what? Yes. I don't wear a uniform. I quote, don't stop cars at three in the morning, but we had a conversation last night and you were talking and like, I know, you know, tactics are tactics, no matter what, what realm, what uniform you wear or whatever. It is it, it, it fighting is fighting and you, you, you guys understand that. So to be able to come back to us and go, Hey, this is what we've experienced. Like we've talked about what happens in the CQB environment when a shooting goes on and stuff. I'm like, that's really fascinating. I have not had that opportunity to do that. Um, you know, you were talking about all the hits you have and the opportunity that you have compared to, um, the numbers that you hit is fairly low. And we were talking about that yeah. as far as, so if that is your experience, then the common SWAT guy in America is going to be even lower. So, but when that does happen, you at least know kind of how to understand how we train for it, that we train right for it instead of just going, well, Hey man, this is what we think is going to happen. Or we did simulations. This is what happened. So that's the fucking gospel. Yeah. I think it's, you got to look at, you know, it goes back to like, like you said, you got to attack training the right way. Yeah. And you, you got to know the training, like high, high performance training looks a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you can't, if you can't do it repeatedly on a range when all the conditions are in your favor or at a shoot house, right. We can't little shit in CQB. Like you can't find the, the perfect precise point of domination mm-hmm. yeah. for that room. Then you're not going to be, you're never going to be able to do it for real. 
or when you do it for it's going to be sloppier right if it doesn't look super clean super precise on a range and you can repeat it over and over and over when you go for real and now you're adding all these other layers of chaos and uncertainty and you're assuming more risk you're balancing risk you're doing all of these things that gamers do right to win if you can't do that on a range, you, you're not going to be able to do that in real life. Absolutely. It's just not you, like, and it, it's an old thing. Everybody said, you, know, you never, you never rise to the occasion. You yeah. default to the lowest level. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, for sure. Um, yeah, it was the saying, like um, the way you're going to operate in real life is your worst day of training or your worst day of training is your best yeah. way of operating in, in, in real life. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah I, I think too, like we have a saying on our, uh, in our, in our, training facility hey you're only as good as your first cold run i mean that's reality i mean i know for my team we would we'd set up four or five venues we'd hit them once yeah that was it that was a day of cqb yeah we don't go hit the same target over and over and over Mm. you know you you're going to get one look at it hit it once hot wash it discuss and then move on to the next one yeah yep we'd hit them in sequence right like like a follow-on like a mini okay hey and then so we're working a lot of different pieces like Longer movements to target, shorter movements, you know, X, Y type landings. Um, and it's all just simulating, but you get that one look. Yeah. Because you're not going to get multiple runs, right? It needs to be perfect. Once guys develop a good foundation, right? And even with new guys, it's like, dude, like the the world's not going to wait just because you just came across the hallway and have two months on the team, right? <laughs> if we get called, we're going. Yeah. And you're going to be expected to to operate at this level. There's no right fielders. No. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be, you know, near perfect every time. So you get one look at it. And now if something's glaring or we need to, to rep something, we'll set up that isolated thing and we can push a guy through it a few times, but really quickly, I think in CQB, what you see is diminished returns. Right. And I'm sure you guys see it. If you hit the same structure, like, Hey, we have this venue for the whole day and you do, 20 runs what is you know maybe one two and three guys are in it and then after a while it gets sloppy right yeah yeah and you see like just holding the gun up guys like man i'm fucking tired like yeah that's kind of what we see like with 12 hour training days is um depending on the dude and what we're doing for the you know like for like 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 that day or the evolution is just man if we're doing cqb it's a lot of runs in 12 hours it's a lot of runs in 12 hours and i I think too like just even, hey, we're entering from the front door. Hey, the next time we enter from the side door, and it's a completely different look, even though it's the same house. Even just changing it that much is a good thing because I hate running the same. I'm like, what are we getting out of it? We run this four times, okay? If you don't know this by now, I could teach the monkey to do that because I know, hey, I'm going yeah. left this time. And, 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 I, and I hate that. And what also I've seen in, in training is some, some of the guys, and, and, and you'll see it real quick, the guys that, that like that, and then, wait a minute, I've watched this three times. That dude's been the same number every single time because he knows that. Because if he's, if, they, if they give him a different number in the stack, he won't do well, and then he's singled out. And, and, and that drives me crazy when I train guys. I'm like, dude, get up there. Get in a different spot, man. Don't stay in the same damn spot. Um, but I, I think you're right, man. I hate hitting – I like hitting something for the very – I don't want to know a bunch of the um, – 
the ins and outs of like, hey, man, there's a coffee table right here, and then there's this and this and this, and okay, we're going to play. Dude, just fucking go in there and do it. Like, bam. Yeah. You know what, your, you know what your, your tactic is. You know where you need to be uh, because I think you overthink it, me personally. Oh, I think that's a huge part of, of everything in training. Guys don't take situations at face value. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for more and more information in the yes. system. It's like, dude, you've got to learn to operate at the highest level with like 70% of the info. Yeah. And that's what you go with. And then, and then as the situation changes, you take snapshots, everything at face value, mm-hmm. and then just react to it from a principal approach. You don't, what guys, what I see a lot, especially law enforcement CQB, is they want Rolodex style training. Yes. So they want to, if they have never seen that situation, they can't just go off of principles. They're like, well, I don't know. These are opposing door, right? If I have a closed door on the left, open door on the right, they had to have seen that in training. And then what you, what they're doing mentally is going back, is going through the Rolodex, yeah. pull that card out. This is what I do. This is it. Yeah. Rather than, dude, just react to it. Yeah. You yeah. know, from a common sense, it, with no training, if you got a, a closed door and an open door, like which one's important? People are going to go into the open door, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, right. And the open door is going to leave you more exposed to angles yeah. as you're moving or doing whatever. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's uh, you know, it's that's one thing on the on the the training side that people want to see. You know, well, let's set up this problem for them. Let's set up this problem, and then they have that solution to it. Where it's like, no, you just need the principles because we're hitting this house today. But this might not even what you see. What I see most most live fire shoot houses are nothing like real construction. No, uh, no, right? It's a combination of commercial and residential construction, but with catwalks and then yeah, like and the houses that we go into are fucking shotgun style houses, fucking crackheads or shit on the floor or like the house that we really went into Monday before I came out here Tuesday. There's kind of like a hoarder, trashy kind of situation, and there's literally a path through each room to get into the hallway or the next room. And even down the hallway, it's like a serpentine because there's trash or dressers or it's a linear salt in a house. Yeah, yeah pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. I mean, it's there's shit trash. everywhere. Right. And you yeah. can't get to your, to your points or you can't get to your points of domination. You're, you're just working off principles. Yeah. Like you talked about, because you know, if a new guy came in the first room, the door opened up and boom, we go in there and he can't get to that point because there's a pile of fucking trash or clothes or whatever it is, or dressers or couches you know what I'm saying? Well, how many times you see it in, in tactics, tra- like we preach it all the time, like, hey, nothing stops you from getting your point of domination. Mm-hmm. You go through shit, you go up and over it. Mm-hmm. But you put just, I was just doing CQB two weeks ago. I had a, a mattress, right? I could not get anybody to go up over that mattress. It's just a mattress in a box screen, not even on a frame on the ground. Step on it. Yeah. Go up over it. Yeah. You know, and there's it, some shit that you can't. I mean, like you, like you, like I'm not going to jump on top of a dresser. Yeah, you, you know, and trying dre- to. What I say, like if it's waist or below, below. right? I'm going to try to push it out of the way or go through yeah, it. Couches, yeah. shit that you see like through entryways or through like the open door or like the, like the front door of a house yeah. that we usually go through. And people are like, "Well, I wouldn't be able to shoot." It's like, yeah. Well, part of it is shooting, but you're not going in there by yourself. Part of it, we need to make fucking room for all your friends Everybody to come into this yeah. party to help you. <laughs> Yeah. Right. We got eight dudes. Right. We got to get this room down quick because the other four guys are going through us. Yes. We got to get back into this structure deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. It's more about just make space, you know, with huge sectors of fire, everything opened up so guys can get in where they fit in. And it'll be more efficient that way. No. Ben, what do you think? 
About what? Exactly. Hey, so th- this is a question. Ben's I got no like, opinion on this. Like, I'm just like, if I need a house. Right now, Ben is trying to figure out what his screen name on Grind is going to be. <laughs> no, it'd just be my name. I don't. That's not that hard to figure. Yeah, Blaster hey, so, Ben. So Ben, do you um, since you since you've been around a lot of guys like Matt, do you understand just the 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 core of like CQB and stuff, or do, you, do I understand the core of CQB? Like, like, That's a like, big question. Like, I don't think I'm allowed to say yes to that. Oh, really? But so, because I, I know guys that are like you that you know are around a, guys who do CQB all the time, and they understand like, hey, what, what they can look at and go, hey, that that look that was a good runner. I've uh, I think I've, you've seen. I have. I've been on the catwalk for some stuff, and uh-huh. uh, it's uh, like uh, it, it, like Matt was saying. Like I yeah. watched uh, his troop do some like cold hit on, yeah. a, on a maze. And I was like, I was like, Oh, that look, I mean that to me, the, the, the key of it's the, the communication on the team, like mostly the nonverbal communication, no, yes. just watching, just watching that process at speed is very interesting. Yeah. But then seeing the criticism of the, the guys afterward was also uh, very interesting. Cause I mean, I saw shooting that was, I guess, combat accurate, nice, tidy shooting. And Matt's like, no, I want it. I want it tighter than this. Even I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Really? Yeah, I think you yeah, yeah. you expect because the conditions are perfect for us. Uh-huh. We're familiar with that venue. We've hit it plenty of times, right? There's no nothing's going to shoot back, right? We're just we're basically doing this for training for a guy to show the speed that we need to go at and why we're trying to push so hard on the range, mm-hmm. right? Was the point? And then when you when you go and see it, it's like no, it needs to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's because if it's not perfect there, it's going to just fall apart even more. Mm-hmm. You know, what yeah, I mean? that absolutely makes sense. And we're asking guys, you know, to to do a lot in terms of, um, you know, I hate to use the word processing, but you know, recognize the situation where the shooting shit just needs to run in the background, mm-hmm. right? And really, any any shot with a rifle at CQB distance, in my mind, it's a throwaway. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't even enter your brain that those bullets aren't going to go exactly where the, you're shooting at in feet yeah with a rifle that we need to be really nasty aggressive with out to like you know 75 to 150 meters yeah like you're just you're shooting at five feet for that you better put those bullets exactly where you want them and you better do it quick and i think that's the goal and that's what we take we're applying you know hard skill foundational hard skills to a scenario right where for us it's it's uh, we're always gonna in my mind i always separate tactics from hard skills mm-hmm. right the when i'm shooting doing, is a hard skill yep when i'm doing hard skill shooting mm-hmm. we're the there's no scenario base there's no tactical umbrella under it but when i'm doing tactics i never ignore shooting right like that like and you see that a lot though we're like well this is a tactics course like tactics without marksmanship is a waste of time yeah it's a dance you're doing some kind of you know weird i don't know what Mm -hmm. what the purpose of that is and i've seen that too specifically with like i went to a vehicle course up in ohio and there was no no thought about um where the fucking bullets are going and i'm watching guys shoot i'm like dude you're you're railing pretty hard on a 20 yard target like are we gonna go down and check this target because i can't shoot like that yeah so is that because like you don't have like as the instructor of of that tactic you don't have time to teach someone how to shoot because we got to get into like the movements of the tactics that we're doing. Oh, I think they do that. They put the cart before the horse every time, but isn't that up to the individual operator to know that like, Hey man, I need to work on this skill set before <laughs> I can 
<laughs> it, okay. it is, but that becomes an organizational thing, right? Where yeah. it's like, like what is in terms of if a guy in the law enforcement world is current on his qual and has been through a police academy, you're good he's good. Go. Yeah, you're good. It, 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 training in, in the yeah. law enforcement has nothing to do with setting guys up for success. Mm-hmm. It, it has everything to do with protecting organ, organizations legally. Yeah. It, it, and I, wanna, I agree 100%. And yeah. I've seen more, more places that will gladly stroke a seven-figure check rather than yeah. for a settlement than a five-figure training bill. No, you're, you're right. They'll do it 100% of the time yeah. because it's, it's also hard. You know, you get into shooting, that, that hard skills, like I know what it takes. Ben knows what it, you guys do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you really ran and ramping yeah. up your dry fire stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. We've been talking a lot. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort, right? Yeah. And you're not getting paid for that. No. You're mm-hmm. not doing it on, on your duty day or anything like that. Um, but the you know, but the sad thing is, man, the guys that actually need it, like the guys in patrol, they have to be good at so much other stuff or so many other things. You know, the things that get pushed to the side, like the tactics, like the DT, the firearms, some of the, you know, the like the active shooter response and all that shit. I mean, it gets pushed to the side because they have to be a counselor. They have to be you know, a traffic cop, they have to, you know, go to your house and talk to your wife and, and kids about, you know, the domestic violence issues, or they have to go to the school and talk to the kids. I mean, there's so many things that have to be good at. And now you throw on like the culture we live in with de-escalation and the way people are looking at us and treating us for every yeah. little thing that happens. So I hear that all the time with like, they have to be so good at other things. And, and with de-escalation, I agree with all of that. The thing is what, what people don't see if they have very high level hard skills they're confident they're gonna have more time to let a situation develop right and and with that confidence i think it it's better at de-escalation it's better at not have or having favorable outcomes and the sad part is the people the decision makers don't see it that way oh i I know i know they don't yeah that's where for me i think is trying to get guys individuals need to see it right yeah I don't. I know it's not going to be organizational change, right? You, you eat a twenty-pound hamburger one yeah. bite at a time. Yeah, and, that, and that's ever, what that's what we're doing. That's what we like. That's what yeah. That's what we're trying to do is change the culture of even SWAT training. Of we're trying to do that, and it. I think it's podcasts. I think it's because I've seen some posts and I've seen you you talk about it. There's some cops out there that just think that you don't like us or oh why has he got to be harsh or this and that and i'm like man you don't know matt first of all he's speaking out of a love of training and a passion for shooting and he wants guys to be better because you have the utmost respect for law enforcement just just like ben does and I'm like, man, you won't need, you put your ego? You need cops. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's if I call the government because I have a fucking problem, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. they're going to send the cops. Yeah. And it's very, like, socially, that's, that's a very important institution. Yeah. It, very it, important. And for me, it goes back to ego-driven, the guys who need their hair brushed, uh, the folks that want to say, well. <laughs> fucking love that. Yeah. The, the folks that want to say, well, I mean that guy i don't see them making traffic stops or you know all the bullshit that i see is once you just pause for a second and go hey man let me let me challenge myself on why i believe what i believe and let me ask myself some of the whys before i just get on someone because you don't like that they have a manly opinion and are not 
shy in sharing that opinion. Oh, I, I hear it all the time. Like I've heard people say, like, "Oh, you sound like you don't like cops." I'm like, "That's so funny. do you even know that I, I yeah. only train law enforcement? <laughs> yeah, and, and, that, and I'm yes. not becoming a fucking millionaire doing yes. this. I, I know, I, I know. It's like, fucking shocking. People don't real like the amount of effort, and I like it's. And I think I do a class different. Mm-hmm. Than yeah, you do. I, you do. You know, properly resourced training is super important to me. I don't waste time, right? But when people say that, like, oh, you're just always beating up on cops. No, I'm trying to have, like, honest conversations yes. about skills and abilities. And if it hurts your feelings, it it's really, like, that's the conversation we need to have. Right. In, yeah. the, in this industry, right? And to say, oh, I don't like, I don't like cops. Well, what it is is. Yeah, what that's it is, so is far the from only the thing I train. It's people yeah. that don't understand our mindset or our culture when it goes to training or what we expect or the standard that we put up. It's the kind of the guys like he talks about need the hairbrush, the kind of fluffy, you know, the millennials that aren't used to somebody going, dude, that fucking sucks. Like, what are we doing? Like, oh, like, why are you doing that? Like the latest buzzword now is like, oh, you don't. It's toxic. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Dude, we need if you to, call, I'm toxic as fuck. Dude. If you call <laughs> yeah. somebody, Let's bring like, back bullying, like, man. We don't, <laughs> we don't need. Dude, that I hope you like being bullied because yeah. if we're if I'm out with Matt's team, we're shooting. I mean, it's gonna go both directions, dude. Yeah, and, is, you know, is that your grinder motto? Let's bring back bullying. Let's bring no, back. I, that's what I think our society needs a little more bullying. No, no absolutely, dude. <laughs> dude. Like, absolutely, because we have turned into a society of fucking fluff. Yeah, if you see yeah. somebody is like, oh, it's just a that's a toxic thing to say or a toxic person, like that's a fucking you problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. No, it, it's like. It's really comes down to like, I don't look at anybody like any criticism I get or a hater or something. It's not okay. Well, let me, let me look at this and then like, Hey, we can have a conversation, but I'm also not afraid to be like, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why, right? Because from my experience now, if it's something I haven't experienced, I'm going to tell you like, you know, I never thought about that and I don't have any experience doing that. Yeah. But unfortunately with what I'm talking about in terms of training, I have a little bit of experience. Yeah, because if if you were sitting here throwing out shit, you you go to a class and you're like, hey, you know, hey, when you get in a car chase, man, this is what you got to do, and you got to do this, this, and this. <laughs> People be like, are you fucking kidding me? And you're dying on the sword of, I know how to fucking teach you car chases. That's not you. But if you're even me, I don't have. I personally don't feel like I have a uh expertise knowledge in car chases uh have i been in i don't know how many i've been in i've been in car chases but there's guys in our apartment that fucking have been in some car chases and they know how to drive they know how to get in a car chase and be really good and i'd go man that guy's the guy you really need to talk to about car chases that dude's do if you want to do other stuff man i'm your guy if you want to learn how to work accidents i'm not your guy don't come to me want to know how I work a traffic accident because I'm like, fuck, I don't know that. So we sent, uh, a, we sent a guy to one of your classes last time you were up in, I guess, was it? It was my place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was shooting. He's a really good shooter. And uh, he was shooting a dot on his pistol. And he said, man, he goes, my dot came loose. And he goes, I found out when we started pushing back at distance, <laughs> he pulled him to the side. And you're like, hey, man, maybe this class isn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes, man, I go, what'd you tell him? He goes, man, I just fucking, I just stood there and I was like, yes, sir. He goes, you didn't tell him you're fucking, no. I said, I didn't tell him shit. 
I just said, yes, sir. Because one, one, he looks up to you and respects you, right? And two, he didn't want to he didn't want to have any excuses. It's like, hey, let's fix it. He didn't want to have any excuses funny. and be like, yeah. My I'm sorry, sir. Yes, I This suck. is not for you. <laughs> I mean, I'll start off. I think you do it too. We'll start off any class with just like, hey, let's, we're going to shoot group group shooting for 10 minutes let me make sure you guys yeah can make the bullets well, the funny thing was he was like you know it came it it, it came loose somewhere you know like like during the evolution of the class and he's like man he goes i just was like he, he like the worst thing he goes man he probably thinks i'm fucking stupid or suck or whatever and i goes yeah he probably does but <laughs> that probably doesn't care i've actually never yeah i don't think that i think like uh for me it's really important when when we're when you're training like the training needs to not be perfect. Yeah. Right. If it is, then you're not learning anything. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it, a, a great example is um, when you taught, we had a female officer from our department patrol, and I think maybe two years on the department. Um, so all the training she got was from the academy, never been to outside training. And now she's coming uh, because our organization uh, police officer so- association sponsored her sponsoring that class and now she's going to a SWAT class and she's going to his class it's not like hey we're just going to stand in line and shoot static ship and she was shooting next to me and Matt taught her and man by the end of that class the next day she's shooting a red dot never shot a red dot before I let her use mine I'm like wow huge improvement uh, and that was just two days of anti cop hating Matt over here who trashes the police. I'm like, man, that is, and that's what fucking pisses me off is that you don't know that it comes back to what we've all talked about. Let's have conversations with folks and let's get to know people and see where they're coming from and why, why they think the way they think. And you understand that. And if you, you can, you should respect people like that. But I think that was a testament to just the way you train that, that, officer is a better officer today because of that class there was things that that i've talked to her later about and she's like man that was really good or i like that or i've started doing this now when i go to the range and stuff and that's something that you had a part of i think that's the most important thing with going to any class is leaving with training strategies that you can go forward yeah yeah right not like like oh well this one technique, right? But knowing, Hey, this is how to diagnose what's going on. And mm-hmm. this is how I should be training or yeah. things like that. Yeah. No. It, it, and, and I, I know Derek was probably the same way because we've been to classes together and we've been in this organization for a while. But when I went to shooting classes, when I was young and I would see, Oh man, that's this department's there. This department's there. And then we would shoot. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm just as good or better than that guy at that department. Wow. That's, whoa. Uh, But I go back to the culture that our team has as far as emphasizing shooting. So I would go to classes. And and I'll say this in a bragging way. I just say in in a fact of I've talked to other guys. I'd go to classes and I'd be one of the top shooters there. And it was good for me because I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I don't really need to work on anything else because I'm good at what I can do compared to my team, I'm right there. And then I started getting deeper into the organization with guys that I saw when you said, Hey, you got to see it for the first time. And I was seeing it for the first time. I'm like, Whoa, I am so far from where I can get and where I 
am right now, like, whoa, I can't hold a candle to some of these guys. And it really challenged me to go, wait a minute, I need to reevaluate what I'm doing and, and not just live in this little bubble of this training class, but to go out and go, wow, okay, I want to be like that. I want to be able to do it that way. And I think that's a good thing for guys because it oh, is yeah. good to get humbled. Uh, to go, shit, dude. I'm not. I'm not that well, great. Well, it goes into what we go talk, shoot a match. Go shoot. Yeah, that'll be the most humbling. That. Well, that's what that's what I think for me. Yeah. I yeah. teach people shooting. I literally, I don't give a fuck who you are. Yeah, like I get some cops, some military guys. Um, might be a new shooter, fresh off the fresh off the street. Yeah. Um, I've I've traveled. I've met some very interesting characters through training. But at the end of it, like I don't care. Yeah. Like, what you? I really don't. Right. Whatever the background is. I, that me. That's not. My ear, I don't give a shit. Yeah, um, it's just about hey, let's show people how to train, how to get better if they choose to do it. And there's there's a couple components to that. You've got to show them what's possible. Yeah, you've got to show them what you know. Matt says yep. what's what's acceptable uh, yeah. for them. Like it, it again, it, it the standards change. I'm going to talk to different different people differently. Yeah, if if somebody is trying to like some officers trying to qualify, just trying to qualify, that's a very different conversation than somebody who's trying to like be a national champion shooter. Mm-hmm. It's a very different conversation than somebody who's like, uh, you know, maybe it's a special operations guy who's mm-hmm. just trying to get as good as possible. Yeah. Like when you just feed people like, Hey, this is where you're at. This is my assessment. This is what you need to do to get better yeah. and help them as much as you can. For that's that. it. No. I, and, and that's, that's a great thing. Uh, going back. It, I had a question. Uh, we, we started talking about other stuff. So going back to when you say y'all were doing CQB training and Hey, um, you can get your groups tighter. Uh, you can do this faster and stuff. So were you doing like split? Were you, did each guy have like pack timers and they knew what their split times were and all that kind of, or no. is it just kind of the feel of, 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 of what you heard and saw and stuff like that? Or, yeah, no, no, you it's, there's no way to like measure yeah. splits in a room. you like live fire. The timers would go yeah, crazy. Yeah. Right. Um, and we don't really, when we're training, you know, on a range, that's when we're concerned with for that. with times and breaking it down and nuances of fractions of seconds. We're trying to seal, um, and then it's really taking that like really aggressive dynamic movement mm-hmm. that you can create on the range and breaking mm-hmm. people out of the the habit. Right, everybody everybody runs with a gun completely different than how they run in real life, mm-hmm. unless you're chasing somebody. Yeah, right. You guys have seen that, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're chasing a suspect, you're fucking full on sprinting. Yeah. But then if you're on a range and you're doing a 10 meter movement, <laughs> it looks like, dude, you're not even running. Yeah, it looks like ballerina. 100%. You know, you're like Because you want to try to control that breath and get up there and get to make your shots and, and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, right. But you, but now on the range, we're breaking them out of that. Like, no, it's aggression. Yeah. Pure aggression in all the movement. And then trying to now apply that in the house where... <laughs> You're, you're gonna, you still need to be that aggressive, but now I need extreme levels of control for that in terms of shooting, understanding techniques, right? Finding precise spots, right? And these are all things in that, that we emphasize in CQB that I think all tactical guys do. And they don't realize like they are components of the game of the gamer fags, right? That, yeah. that no, no, like turbo, turbo fags. Um, <laughs> no, it, that people don't understand. Like that's one of the first things you do, like in a competitive, like in a competitive shooting, uh, like in your development is getting someone to actually run, mm-hmm. like run with the gun. Just go. Like no fucking around. You run with it. And then what Matt's talking about, the precision of movement control, like 
Yes. Again, super important in competitive shooting where you can snap from one position to the next with control over your body and you end in a, well, I mean, for competitive shooting standpoint, it's nice to have your feet spread apart, knees bent, you know, ready Mm -hmm. to move. Yeah. That works pretty good for the tactical guys too. The tactards love that shit because mm-hmm. then they're they're like, oh yeah, I'm ready to move, and I feel like I could, you know, that's good. So that like, cool. there's a lot of uh, a lot of commonality yeah. there. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Tactard. What? Tactard. Yeah, like Matt. Tactard. Tactards and gamer fags. That's we're that's coming a, together. I don't like the tactard thing. That's offensive. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's and I'm wearing the gamer fag label. Like, what do you want me to do, man? That's offensive. I don't even know what to say right now. Well, uh, thanks for noticing. Yes, it is. Well, let's ramp it up a little bit. We got to double down on that fucking faggot ass tack. Oh my! Goodness. I think there's though, like, the big thing that in the in the shooting right, there's always two different types. There's, mm-hmm. There's competitive. Sh- well, that's gamer fag shit. And yeah. I'm tactical. It's like, dude, wow. I hate to break it to anybody shooting, shooting. Yeah. It's no. the context of it can be different. But when you start pulling the trigger, it's all the same. Yeah. It, and yeah, that that has driven me crazy uh, to, to, to see that. And, and just, just it, it, even there's a, even in our world. Oh, well, that's SWAT stuff. And this is the other. No, it's not. It's not. It, it, I hate that argument. I, I hate it. We hear it all the time. We're like, oh, you know, in the on, when I was in the military, it's like, well, that works for you guys, but that won't work. Yeah. It's like you don't understand. Like all we're doing is SWAT raids is is straight up infantry tactics, right? Like for our version of CQB, like we are literally setting up L shape ambush after L shape ambush in the room. Yeah, and the reason we do that is because it works. Yeah, and it's effective. Like we're not. There's no advanced anything. We're just really good at sequencing basic, basic skills together really quickly. Yeah. And, and, and not wasting time. And if you cut these walls out and take the ceiling off, it's a field, it's a parking lot. It's all the same. I'll tell you, yeah. There's, you know, Charlie and Zach are here at Hades. They're they do a lot of CQB stuff and in the one thing I see them doing, which I think if you go to CQB, right, and you're not at some point in that class doing patrolling tactics in the field that that course is not giving you everything it needs to mm, yeah. you teach guys a little bit of small unit tactics and then it makes the cqb side so much easier in yeah. terms of movement techniques especially for the law enforcement world where you have you could be hitting big you know active shooter big walmarts and things like yeah. that there's principles basic infantry skills in terms of moving, you know, overwatch, bounding over how you would tactically move yeah. to solve a problem that you have to understand rather than take that right into the house. Right. Like yeah. everybody doing that on the military side learns that, you know, in some sort of basic school. Yeah. So Mike Pannone had uh, his vehicle class uh, with me a few months ago and we went out to our auto pound and, and it was just, Hey, here's the parking lot. You're the bad guy. <laughs> You're the cop. And you don't know where the bad guy was. All right, ready, break, go. And now we added two people. And all it was was angles. And and, and it was the CQB mentality of, hey, get the L, get this, flank him, do all. And it was like, if you understood that CQB, you understand that it was like no different. There's no difference. It's just principles. And where you apply those principles doesn't matter. Where I see it, like, in in the CQB Mm -hmm. world, like, if guys would from law enforcement, just, Hey, if you have three officers 
and you got a very belligerent dude like we're not gonna melt this guy we just we need yeah. to put cuffs on him yeah but he's big right and i'm like how would you set up on him mm-hmm. and almost you you're gonna form an l around yeah him. right <laughs> right yeah, exactly. so why don't you do why is that good for that but then there is this thing about within cqb yeah that it, it turned into like super lowest common denominator nonsense yeah. with what happens outside the doorway. Yep. And it's, and that is like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy in terms of marketing done by people that have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Right. Cause you threw some national guard, special forces thing on your resume or some crap like that. And <laughs> Tony then you, beca- Carter. You, know, <laughs> you become an expert at, <laughs> at this where you're like, dude, I don't think you're, 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 I understand the threshold. Like we do that a lot. It, yeah. it makes sense, but we're also doing it with walls that stop bullets. Yeah. And when it's pitch black. Yeah. Where there's not a target that you can see. And yeah, it's like, dude, if you're, if you're a dedicated shithead, mm-hmm. right. Criminal. And, and we've seen it plenty of times. Right. I, I got a good body cam one where an officer goes in with a rifle and this wasn't even a CQB and he starts fucking around at the doorway and gets drilled right in the plate. Right. And he's, cause he's, he's messing around like that. The principle never changed that That's a fatal funnel. Yeah. And right. And that principle that goes all the way back to the eighties and nineties of we want to minimize the amount of time we're there. Yeah. Why would you develop a tactic to be done in daylight where you're just going to hang out there? Yeah. If I'm if I'm defending this room and there's only one way to get into that room, I'm just fixated on it. Right. You throw anything in front of that doorway in terms of a silhouette, even a light, I can just start a sound. A sound. Yeah. You know? You can just start shooting through the wall. And I think there's incidents of, of that where you've seen officers get kind of jacked up because it's it's it turns into that you took something from the military, you packaged it real nicely, oversold it yeah. to huge law enforcement agencies and said it, it put put a bunch of science on it this is humanistic behavior it's like man no it's not <laughs> it's like okay you talking about this is very specific you talking about somebody <laughs> dude there's a lot of guys that do it yeah i'm not talking about anybody it's yeah we all you've, you we've all seen it yeah you know it's it becomes well this is the, this is the thing right people that make very definitive always or never statements like to me, I'm like, we got to talk about this because mm-hmm. you. The one thing I've found to be true in any situation, and I think law enforcement guys should, you can't say always and never. Nope, no, nope, nope right? Because nope. there's a there's an unpredictability there that yeah, the human side comes in. Yeah, of of what somebody's mm-hmm. level of commitments and what they're willing to risk. Yeah. sometimes in a fight. No, and well, and the good thing about law enforcement and you guys in on your side saw it a lot more. Those guys that were committed. To that fight, oh. we don't see it a lot in law enforcement. It's like one person, you know, like those one percenters for us. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So if we did run across somebody, our teams, you know, run across somebody, that's when you get a lot of shit going down. Yeah, where they learn from those mistakes and they learn that the tactic that that they've been using for X number of years is just kind of trash. Yeah, and I think that the important thing for teams is is one you get you've got to build TTPs that are set around the team's skills and ability, Yeah, right? We can't do something super dynamic if the foundational skills aren't there. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different, you know, techniques that you could apply there and then understand, Hey, if we want to develop and evolve, we've got to put more into the foundational stuff. But most importantly, 
we need to not build a stone house around this way of thinking. Because once it's built, we can never break mm-hmm. it down, right? You need to be more agnostic about belief systems in terms of techniques and all that. Because like you said, as, hey, we could be doing this for years and then this one thing happens and we yeah. pay for it in terms of losing somebody or it doesn't go our right. favor in terms of legal or right. perception. And then usually we're going to have a hard time breaking that system down and changing it because we built this massive tower around this way of thinking. Yeah. So why, why do guys get so dug in on this shit? Like why do guys get so dug in on their tactic is better than your tactic or my yeah. tactic or. <laughs> well, because people don't want to, people hate the truth. They hate it. <laughs> and when Matt's telling people the truth right now, he's like, hey, it comes down to foundational skills. So he's, what he's saying is like, we take simple shit and we rep it a lot. That's what we do. When I have shooting classes, I get the same sort of questions. People want to make everything complicated or, you know, pick apart minutiae when like the truth is pretty simple. It's like, yep, yeah, we're going to work on these simple skills, these simple techniques, develop them to a very, very high level to where you can repeat them unconsciously. And, and, and that's, that's what it's about. And the, the bottom line is most of the people doing the sort of like CQB that Matt's talking about, honestly, don't really have any business doing it. They don't understand this mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's I th- the hard thing. I think too, it's, Nobody wants to be told that their life's work was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be soul crushing right there. I could see it how can, that be, can be, but because <laughs> you're dick, bro. But we found, dude. I found it out. Like you know, it was there was a definite way of thinking when I first joined the military that hey, this is how we do business, mm-hmm. right? And and what I found is the CQB that I was taught. When I, I was in the Navy working with Force Recon. It was points of domination back in the nineties. That was the, how we did CQB. Mm-hmm. Then fighting, right? Learning lessons, paying for it in blood and stuff like that throughout mm-hmm. the years. It's it changed. Different things changed, mm-hmm. right? And we got in different units, started doing different stuff, trying to be open minded and different techniques in the doorway. Mm-hmm. The overarching theme for all the place was still dynamic. When I got to the last place I worked, it was amazing that we went right back what they had been doing the whole time was the points of domination and it's like and then they're very good explanations very like best training at it with hey this is why we do this yeah it fits this mission set and that's the you practice fast dynamic really really hard hostage rescue cqb because that's the hardest one we can always slow down yeah right you're you know a lot of a lot of the the idea is that hey it will it'll be fast whenever we have to do it for real. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you know, I saw good, uh, thing with, with Hussein Bolt. Right. And it was like an interview after he broke, uh, the world, like ran under nine, 9.5 or something. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. so, he broke the world record. Right. And they were asking him like, were you amazed that you could do that? And, and all the time. And he was like, do you know how many times I break this world record when I'm training? <laughs> <laughs> because that's not the fastest I've ever ran. Wow. He's like, you don't think in, in that mentality needs to hold true. Like, like he does it repeatedly. So mm-hmm. now he has the confidence that when he is in the Olympic finals and all that pressure, he's just going to run. He's going to do his thing the way he runs and it's going to work out, you yeah. know? And he's, he's confident that he can do it at that high level. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of people would look at, well, you guys just do that. We do that one type of CQB for train cause it's the hardest, mm-hmm. 
right? We can always slow down. And then also it's not being tied to anything. Like you've got, you know, I know I have a lot of tools. I've got like 10 different hammers. Yeah. Right. And they all have different jobs, right? I don't pull out one. I don't pull out a, you know, ball peen hammer when I need to pull a nail out. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, <laughs> it's useless. it fucking won't work. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not in love with any of the hammers. They're just tools in a toolbox. Yeah. If uh, you're maybe, Ben, you only got one big hammer. <laughs> Ooh, Ronder, that right Ronder there, name. big hammer, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's why. That's why I'm telling you guys. Dude, if I, just, I get on there, I'm going to do. Dude, this. I just brushed your hair. That's going oh, to be good. ugly if I get on grinding. So when y'all go out and shoot together, do y'all compete against each other? Like, hey, man, my, this is that's. Or, every range session is going to mm-hmm. be a competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even Who if wins? you don't want it to be. Who wins? <laughs> the, the dude that's got all the national champ. Well, it depends. Are we shooting <laughs> rifle or pistol? <laughs> yeah, that's point. So, and then this is a, this is a serious question. It's not a hey, a dick measuring contest, but you have a huge, huge, high level of world experience of of, of putting bullets down range. You're the same way. It's just yours is uh, targets in a very, very stressful, high. Um, competition setting how really i mean how what's the difference are we talking about when when you shoot and you shoot and you're going against you i mean i mean how how close is it like it it's not it's not an it's in a way that's hard to measure so uh, matt can do any drill you put in front of right i can do any drill you put like any drill or or exercise or test i can do it right it's yeah it's just a matter of uh, consistency Uh, so i'm i'm pretty repeatable with the things i can do uh yeah, I think, like, I think the, biggest, things, the biggest difference is like the first run. Okay. Right. So if we're drilling down on something over and over, then there can be pushing, right? Like, yeah, I think the times are, are similar. similar. Like I know we can both shoot MXAD in under two seconds. Yeah, I guess. Clean. And, but now it's, it's like, can I shoot? I would say, let's say I'm 50, 50 mm-hmm. on if I'm going to shoot that clean in under two seconds the first time where Ben might be 80-20. Okay. The consistency, you know, the demonstrable stuff is on that- demand, I can call on that skill. And then in terms of my view, like longer things where we have to sequence movement and more refined things, he's going to be way more repeatable at that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like training with him because the goal is like, shit, I just watched it. It's fucking possible. <laughs> like we shot with Wisconsin section match and then – trained on those stages with me, you and Juanzek. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And Joel. And it was funny to see the pushing like push pace, hold pace, all these different ways to get the same result. And then what we saw was one of the, it was very technical mm. in terms of finding positions. Shots were reasonable, but some of them were pretty damn difficult, mm. right? And what I saw was times that I could get were on that the stage that was on the right, I don't even know which number that was, yeah. but we got that thing down to what? 13 seconds. Wow. I think Tim, uh, Dundery shot at the fastest in the match at like 20. Yeah. That's so one thing that's really interesting about the competitive shooting thing is how like, people don't talk about it or most people don't really understand it, uh-huh. but the first run, like you're being measured on your cold performance. Yeah. Um, so no matter what else you can do on the range, you're measured on the cold performance. So the human element, the emotional yeah. self-control and coming up with techniques that uh, are repeatable 
under stress for people. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big, big part of competitive shooting, but it's, I mean, it's not a part that's well understood by most people. And that's the same for us. Cause we're always tested on our cold runs. Yeah. At, well, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that's, that's what's fascinating. So when you shoot Ben, like, what is what is just a normal average split time for you when you're just I mean do you know that already like just hey I know this is what it's it's going to depend on equipment and uh, targets because I, I use a lot of different equipment uh, um, because I, I have to be conversant with uh, you know all sorts of stuff but um, you know I I can't pull the trigger exceptionally fast I'm not really believe it or not looking at me I'm not really special in any way <laughs> shut your mouth I'm not no as far as like physical talent like I'm not talented or special mm-hmm. in terms of my shooting ability uh, it's just it's just training that does it mm-hmm. it's just it's training and approach like I'm not like I'm not in like I mean I'm at Matt's old job I mean that like they have brought me in and did a pretty complicated eye test on me. Uh, One of the squadrons wanted me to like, Oh, we want to test your eyes. I'm like, bros, there ain't going to be nothing special about my eyes. And then they test my eyes, like tracking ability, like, uh, you know, I, all sorts of stuff. And yeah. the guy looks at him. He's like, no, oh, yeah, you're right. There's nothing special. About your <laughs> yeah. Eyes. Are you slow? Like, yeah. It's like, that's <laughs> what I, that's just like yeah. Spoiler alert, dude. I fucking told you my eyes aren't special. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. And I, I don't, I think that's always the mis- guys think, well, how do you train that? And really, the visual piece of shooting, I think, is where guys need to look at. Mm-hmm. It's different aiming schemes, aiming strategies like that. There's lots of advancement with that and giving guys understanding. It's more than just stare at the front sight post yeah. and do that. And, and the difference is it's not special, but it's being able, being very comfortable with not a lot of information and then knowing what that result is going to look like in terms of what the target will read afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think yeah. the the practical world teaches you is like all the different levels of comfort. Like there's more ways for me to aim a pistol, especially with a dot. Yeah. Right. Than just staring at the dot mm-hmm. and putting it against something. And it's what you need. Practical guys have this figured out. What tactical guys need is that the the confidence to have these strategies, not in terms of like Rolodex, but know that like, hey, I can be really aggressive in shooting as long as I'm visually precise and I've got one foundational skill of grip, grip. is relatively developed. So do you say that, that when it comes to like, Hey, how do, if you're a listener out here, Hey, how do I get my split times better? Does that come back to, well, if your grip is really solid, you're seeing that dot move is not move as much. So therefore it, I'm going to be faster, not by my finger speed, but just it, by the, Looking at that, I do an inductive approach. So Uh I'll have, I'll force people to shoot the speed I want them to shoot. Uh And I don't stigmatize mistakes when I'm doing that. It's like, nope, you're going to shoot this pace. This is what I want. And then you're going to figure it out at speed. And then people, you know, they start to understand, okay, this is what faster shooting looks like. And then another big part of the training is acclimation. So where you might be getting the time and getting the result you want. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about this when our, Previous podcast, yeah, uh, two two months ago, yeah. about the build drill. But, uh, but when I, you were less than twenty four hours ago, right, yeah. when you were when you were talking about the build drill, you're like, yeah. yeah, man, I shot it. Like you got the time, yeah, but you didn't like subjectively. Your sense of it was like that it was out of control. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this and that. Um, a big part of competitive shooting, like Matt saying, is you're going to be shooting enough with the rounds that not only are you hitting the numbers, mm. but you are subjectively comfortable and confident with what you're doing. See, it's yeah. not just about the result yeah. on paper, because yeah. once you, once you start feeling comfortable, you're going to be able to shoot that aggressively in a lot of different circumstances. Sure that. And I think you, 
you got to do something that practical shooters are good at. Tactical guys have a hard time with. You have to set conditions where it's okay to fail. Mm -hmm. It's okay to miss. Yeah, because then you know like where you need to kind of hit the brakes and kind of back off a little bit and kind of work. Yeah, until you can pass that failure point. Oh yeah, and you keep pushing that, and then as you as you spend a lot of time up there, like in that little bit out of control zone, what you're bringing up with that is like your on demand performance and what you're comfortable in doing with manipulating the the pistol or the rifle while that aggressive shooting is going on. Mm -hmm. And for for the law enforcement side, you have to take it back. Like there's gonna be there's one common theme in every single body cam engagement I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that's how fast they shoot. Yeah. Right. It, you can't ignore that. So now we have to create training strategies to where you can shoot that way and be in extreme control. So I know you, 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 you're big on, on metrics. I sent you a video of one of our guys, our new guys. And you're like, the way I looked at it was uh point this to this and point this and point. he goes, that's the way my mind thinks. So when you're looking at these uh, police videos, what are you seeing like the speed of these officers shooting? Is it just they're over their skis going, shit, dude, I'm going so fast. I'm shooting at this world champion level, and they just that's not what they can physically do. No, they're one, one that I think the overarching, they're not shooting their vision, right? Mm-hmm. You see a lot of debrief where they're uh, like, fuck, I didn't even see my sights. Like, I, w- I actually wouldn't say that out loud, man. Yeah. I think that's a horrible thing. I think – you, you need to have a better way to articulate what level of confirmation you were using. Yeah. Right. And we take that to the training. If you're, if you're, if you're programmed to where like in any situation I've been in the, the, the adversary never dictates how fast I shoot. Mm-hmm. That's always my vision. If I want to be accountable for those rounds, all the adversary does is say, Hey, we're it's time to go time to play. Yeah. It started. Now you have to react to that. Yeah. Right. And when we talk about speed, a lot of the guys in the tech are really concerned. Oh, split time, split time. Yeah. It, that is the least thing that you should really worry about. Right. The difference between a fast shooter and not a fast shooter is all the shit that's not shooting. It's it's the um, it's, the, it's the efficiency and, and, and the it's the, it's the gun. Right. A, a bills drill time. Right. Is if you shoot a two o bills drill, it's going to sound like a slow drill. Yeah. Right. But you can shoot two o splits. And still shoot a 180 bills drill. If you can do all the not shooting part, very, very efficiently and fast. Yeah. Draw a presentation. Draw, get the gun out fast, right? So I know for me, I can move the gun from my holster to my eye target line in about six tenths of a second, mm-hmm. right? So a .8 draw for me gives me two tenths to actually refine a sight picture. For that. And then 2-0 splits is very controlled, yeah. right? But I spend a lot of time, like you do, shooting... 17s, 16s, 18s, where it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look precise. So when I just back off, I call it like give a little bit more to the shooting. I back off just a little bit. And what I get in terms of that is I'm still at a very high level of performance, but I have a ton of control for that. So would you say like the uh, split time is kind of like the bench press? Like, yeah, it's cool, but squat deadlift is way more important <laughs> yeah. how many dudes you know where their bench and squat are almost the same yeah <laughs> i don't do workout jokes sir obviously. Yeah, not with those 550 yeah. arms i don't get it i don't understand workout jokes at all. <laughs> what the fuck's a workout i can are we talk we, can we talk about crossfit workout people love CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking but i think that's it, it's good to know um like 
like when I was talking about the bill drill that we in our couple months ago podcast, um, <laughs> I called you and, and I was like talking about the whole vision deal. And it was funny because you said, hey, you know what? Now we can talk shooting. And I thought, wow, I guess you're right. Because I've always felt like I was behind the game when I got around guys like y'all that I was like, man, I don't understand some of the things they're saying or I'm not at that level to be able, because you said there's some there's some nuances that you could talk with other guys in your oh, yeah. uh, field that you're like way over our head. Right, and I wouldn't understand. No, right, and I and if I wanted to put on a class and sound really smart, yeah, we'd talk about all this nuanced shit that's going to go over people's heads. But yeah, that's not very practical. Right, I mean, it has to be you know applicable for people. Like one of the first things we're going to do tomorrow in range day is exactly this stuff. It's like I'm going to have people like doing, I do doubles. So shooting rapid fire Paris and they'll be like, well, how fast do I shoot? I'll say as fast as you can pull the trigger. That's mm-hmm. going to be the answer. I don't give a fuck. Dude, you can't do is. doubles. I'm doing doubles. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. I'll do a different drill. We're going to do triples. Again, I need it. Hey, do triples minus one. <laughs> triples minus <laughs> one. You do. I'm going to do quads then. <laughs> okay. Every string, 10 fucking rounds. Go. <laughs> Hope you guys brought a thousand fucking rounds. What's, what's Ben shooting uh, over there? We actually, we actually might shoot a thousand rounds tomorrow. Uh, so if, if a guy is listening to this or a girl listening to this and going, Hey, they're talking about doubles. What does that mean? What is the guy that's going to go out to the range? And go, okay, I want to so try that. What are they, what are they, what do you want them to do? That's how we do marksmanship. Like I've, I've switched, like I said, I switched to a, not a deductive approach, but I've like a, an inductive approach for marksmanship. So instead of start people slow and it's like yep. pull the trigger slow, accountable for every round. I mean, there's a place for that, sure, yeah. but that's not what we're doing. Right. Like I'll have people shoot fast. Like, all right, so you're going to aim the gun at the center of the target, gripping it, you know, gripping it properly, aim it at the center of the target, pull the trigger twice as fast as you can, observe what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, that's what it is. And it's like, oh, you'll see, hey, the first round goes straight and they push into the gun for the second round. Okay, so then you start working on that and, and you start working through the problem of like, pushing down on the gun or influencing the gun under recoil. So you need the recoil to like understand it. And and most of the point of that drill is to get you to experience it. Mm -hmm. So you experience and are paying attention to what your hands are doing and how you're influencing the gun. That's the point of the training. It's not a performance thing. I'm not like trying to get a certain number of rounds in a certain place that, I mean, that's secondary. It's about experiencing your mistakes, Seeing seeing what happens, understanding it. And as soon as, what I tell people is as soon as you connect, like you, you see the sight blip to the left as you're pulling the trigger and you feel something in your hand that caused it. That, right? okay. When you connect yeah. those things and it annoys you, you will eventually stop doing it. And, and that's what, so what yard line are you doing this at? All of them. All yeah. Of them. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I okay. mean, with, yeah. so if a guy who's just starting this and wants to go, Hey, I want to try. Oh, I just do it like five yards, five yards, five yards, yeah. seven yards, something like are that. You, do you have a timer? Like if, if I'm saying, Hey, I want to go out there and do this. Me personally, do I have a timer and I'm looking at well, here's, each one of them? Or how's the, that no, work? you don't have think, stop obsessing with the timer. It's uh, like pull the trigger as fast as you can. See, so if I give you a number, as uh, soon as like then it starts to be influenced by equipment. So for example, like a factory Glock trigger, yeah, like it's difficult for most people to pull that faster than, you know, 0.2. But then you might have a, a different piece of equipment. You might have a like a single action like a CZ, something mm-hmm. like that. And that's like basic bitch stuff to I mean, if I if I give you the time of point two, then you will not be doing the drill the way I want you. I need you to pull the trigger as fast as you as can. You can. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, on that gun, like to create the conditions where you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? It's a, it's really important to tailor the, the exercise precisely mm-hmm. to the person for that. And then, cause I want to create particular mistakes at particular times. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. if we're working on marksmanship, I will create marksmanship problems for you. Mm-hmm. If we're working on multiple targets, I will set the, the exercise up. So I like, it's pretty predictable on my side, what exactly is going to go wrong. So if, if, if say we're doing this at five yards, are you just aiming at the a box? Are you trying to, are you, are you shrinking nope. that? No, no. I've had people always, they're going to look at a spot the size of a coin on the target. Irres- so, irrespective of distance, difficulty, or speed, you look at a coin size spot on the target. And you're trying to get your doubles in that coin size. Is that what you're saying? Hey, that's acceptable? Or <laughs> no, this, is, no. this is the duality part. This is where it gets complicated. Uh-huh. So, so let's say I'm shooting at five yards, uh-huh. like practically. Yeah. So my vision drives to a spot the size of a coin on the target. Uh-huh. And in my brain, like, yep, I want to hit that spot. But what I'm going to react to is the outline of the gun, maybe the flash of the red dot. Like I won't even see a dot. I would just perceive the color red around that coin size spot and immediately pull the trigger. So even though I'm driving my attention to a really particular place, I'm going to be reacting to something that's going to open things up a little bit. And again, that's by design because we want to be fast, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to be as fast as I can be to hit that A box at whatever the distance is. So so to go, hey, you know what? I'm doing this on my own. I feel like... I'm getting it and I might be asking a stupid question, but I'm trying to, no, no, you're asking a, probably a smart question. I'm just trying to figure out. So how do you, how does a guy who's just doing this on, on his own know that, Hey man, I am staring at a quarter size spot on this a zone and I, and I'm, I'm been doing this and one is right where I was looking and one's up here. And then the next time is one was I looking and one's down there, but it's still not a zone. Is that when you're like, okay, I feel like I have this now or, or well, what? you just move. If you want to continue to develop and you're just obsessed with back. the A box, just move back, move back, do it okay. at 15 yards. If you're worried okay. about the A box. Okay. And I think as you, as you start to, you know, through like your own personal discovery, fix those elements with the grip, right? You, your tying vision and grip together. The reoccurring theme with all of this is going to be the two foundational skills. You have to be really, really overdeveloped is your grip and vision, For grip and vision, right? And not look at the, not looking at the whole target because yeah. then an acceptable, acceptable accuracy is can be a miss or a Delta, mm-hmm. right? If I'm looking at that whole thing based yeah. off of how much I'm trying to put into it. And then I, what I do is as guys are, it has to become really quickly. You're, you're starting to figure this out. Just hitting the, the alpha is not good enough. Mm-hmm. Now you're being very nuanced in what does that group look like balancing what I saw, what I felt while I was shooting against what the target tells me after the fact when I score it and then doing it multiple runs. So you're looking for trends. You're looking for problems that, that happen consistently. Mm. And then that's how we fix them. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Most of, most of the like shooting training I do is like, you just, you're kind of, you think of the way people are trained. It's like a computer program and you just watch them run the program and then you, you know, pick, Pick what you want For to change that. about the program. Yeah. And I know y'all are joking, like, well, I'm going to do triples. So is that something guys I'm not like? fucking joking. Yeah, no, so I was, well, he's like, well, I'm going to do triples today. But I mean, I'm definitely going to do whatever Matt does <laughs> plus one. But as far as if, if I'm going out there plus and training one better. on my own, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. I can start doing doubles and then I'm like, okay, I want to see now triples. Was Is that something that you would recommend as well? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think the, most competitive shooting and engage a target with two rounds, it can be more or less. I, once you get your grip sorted out, mm-hmm. Um, where it's like you look at a spot and you're, you're pulling the trigger fast and the gun's re- recovering consistently and you're not driving rounds mm. like around on the target. You have a, you're shooting a concentric group and, it, and you'll pick how big that concentric group is based on your aiming schemes. Right. But once you have that, it's about getting, getting on the grip at speed. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's about, hey, I want you to, now that you got your grip, draw into your grip. And that goes fast, back to draw fire speed and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just draw and fire. It's like, no, I mean, dry the, fire is you know, what I meant. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's how you train it. Train that. Yeah. So you go to the range and you shoot a couple hundred rounds and just like Matt's talking about this discovery. Like, hey, how really what you're trying to understand is how do I grip the pistol? Yeah. And then you take that, your, your concept, your understanding, you take that to your dry fire and then you draw the pistol out and you aim it and you recreate that grip over and over and over again until that becomes uh, like an unconscious reaction where it right. doesn't like when you draw the gun and your grip's wrong, it feels wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that's where I, I was talking, talking to Matt the other day. I was like, when I know I shoot and it's not where I want it to be majority of the time, it's because of my bitch hand didn't do what it needed to do. It just, I didn't get a good grip. Yep. I let go on the third round or am I, it started softening up and that's when I know for the most part, because that's where I think you, you get this through like doubles, even shooting, you know, I'll shoot it with three rounds, four building up to like a six round. Yeah. Like a bills drill, right. Mm-hmm. Very predictive um, type shooting where, Hey, I know I'm going to draw and I'm going to shoot these six rounds as fast as I can. Yeah. And then be comfortable that you can get the result you want at different distances with doing that. And what you see is that through training like that, specifically with doubles is having a grip that can survive like an eight round string. Yeah. Right. Not only do we want it, our gun handling stuff to be super efficient, super consistent. It's got to be durable Mm -hmm. where that grip doesn't fall apart and it doesn't change. Yeah. And, and a lot of that guys have a hard time with, cause they need like, is it 60, 30, 70? Like, I don't know. Yeah. what the percentages is. Yeah. I just, you know what it feels like. Right. And, and then when, when you're, you think of, if you've ever seen a pistol shot in a ransom rest, mm. right, it's locked in. They just lock the grip in. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to recreate is doing that. And then do that at speeds with putting minimal input into the gun while it's recoil, mm. right? The gun is going to do its thing. You're never going to get it to shoot yeah. as flat as you want it to let it do its thing. Don't try to help it back down. And then that translates to like engagements. You tie that to the vision piece. So when you say grip, are you talking about like, I mean, like, of course, the grip with your hands, but like your wrists, your elbows, your your shoulders, your your chest. So I, we grip the pistol very simple where the grip for me is all hands and wrist, right? You figure my hands are super tense. My wrists are just fixed in a position. They're not, it's not moving, right? And that's based off of whatever frame you're going to shoot, you know, um, so you have a very precise index forearms you know as i leave my wrist going back to my shoulders it just gets more and more relaxed hey pretty much no i tell people just hold the gun with their hands yeah mm-hmm. not with your shoulders your pecs or anything like that because that once you start doing that works fine enough single target straight down range but when you start engaging multiple targets or you have to be swinging around having your your body relaxed allows you to quickly and precisely transition the gun around to you know smack multiple targets in terms of running like you ever go out and just run 10 yards with your upper body completely flexed. <laughs> That's right? why he walks all the time. He always walks flex. So that'd be nothing for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm podcasting flex, brother. You're yeah. an idiot. He's the macho. I was wondering why he had, had his shirt off. Keeps putting oil. <laughs> I know, man. Hey man, don't worry about and me. And he keeps flicking his nipples. <laughs> 
Especially I'm when trying to be on Grinder like maybe, Ben. Maybe bro. you should maybe you should switch teams. I think you'd kill it too. Uh, man, I would slay you'd the fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> They'd love you. They'd be like that big old bear. Yeah, <laughs> bear. Rawr. No, that's you. You'll be Cuddle Bear on Grinder. Cuddle Bear. You know bear. It, it just you know what this thing needs to be not recorded. We just need to beam it. <laughs> Downstairs to the conference. That would so be you good. can listen to it. That should liven things up. Dude, oh, fuck. Those vendors would fucking hate oh us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they already hate all the fucking all the PA shit going on down there. <laughs> they would fucking hate us if we did this. Oh my god. That what is, the fuck do those guys just yeah. say? What? That's funny. Call so big cuddle bear. Yeah. So when you hear uh man, I'm healing the gun, I'm slapping the trigger. Uh, man, I'm looking over my sights. What does that mean to y'all? Because I think y'all have a, a different outlook on some of the um, traditional uh, ways of, of teaching. So when you hear that, what does that mean to y'all? Nothing. Except, Nothing. But, yeah. right, and, and the reason is like when I start hearing terms like that, mm-hmm. there's always going to be more questions for me if I don't understand what the person's saying. Because it's like you have what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. You have what that per- person perceives to be happening. Mm-hmm. And then you have like a maybe a, like a how they then express it. Mm. So it's like, I want to, I want to dig in and really understand what the person's saying or what they're trying to communicate. Um, because you know, you hear generic terms like follow through the pistol, like the fuck does, I mean, that means something different to everybody. Yeah. So you always want to ask more questions like, well, okay, what exactly, what exactly are you saying? You know? Mm. So I, I, I think it all comes, it comes down to your, you're putting unnecessary input into the gun Mm. goes, but you need to grip the pistol and have that grip be consistent and not violate the principles like of the grip where once it's locked in, that grip doesn't change. Mm-hmm. It's solid. It's consistent. It's durable enough to survive the entire magazine if I needed to. Doing all that. Yeah, the healing. I mean, I think it all, the overarching term is like you're just putting imp- unnecessary input into the gun. Now, however you perceive that, like the healing, I never really understood other than Maybe you're you're just so, squeezing these fingers. So what I'm seeing, so so I actually use that term healing, yeah. and when I see it is, is is like with new shooters that aren't comfortable, and they have kind of like a I call it like a loosey goosey grip, and right before or as they're pressing the trigger to the rear, they know the gun's about to go off, and they go Ugh, with their hands, and it is like these bottom three fingers that tighten down because this yeah, one's doing work. You're pulling the you're pulling the trigger with your whole hand. Yes, this yeah. is the only and thing that needs to exactly move. right, and 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 the gun you know tick typically goes up with a Glock with the angle of the grip and yeah, you know, so, I mean, <sighs> so I think you, you get like what, what Ben is saying. And I believe the same thing is, is you can get, you give them strategies, principles, right? Mm-hmm. You go back, Hey, this is how you grip the pistol, right? There's principles that we cannot violate. And then there's other ones based off a of hand size that we can bend the shit out of. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. the, fr- the frame that you're using, you teach them one way to hold it and then just put them on drills yeah. that require you need to have a solid grip like for doubles like hey okay a lot of guys can get away with a you know really predictive like hammer pair mm-hmm. okay cool just add a second add a third round to it how's your grip well it's falling apart or in the string of doubles what guys what i see a lot is i was good on the first two sets of doubles and then got- and then rounds six you know five six seven and eight fell apart because this hand just fucking stopped doing whatever it was doing. Yeah. yeah. You do see a lot of people changing the way they're holding the pistol while they're shooting it, which yeah. is a problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't change the way they're holding it. The gun changes it for them. A lot of times they change it too. Really? Yeah. 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 I, they'll, they'll, I mean, so they'll be shooting and sometimes maybe they start feeling 
pressure or they want to speed up and you'll see like the hand tension change. Cause I'll see the gun like just jump, jump, jump. And then they have to like readjust and then the gun just jump, jump, jump. And they have to like readjust. That's the most common situation for, uh, for less experienced shooters. Yeah. Um, uh, as people get more experience and then they think that they're consistent, you know, and then if you, if you watch them really close, they're usually not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I'll see is even if consistent with the left hand, just not enough left hand, but again, this hand longer and longer, strings of fire this hand is just getting it's trying to do all the work because if you're right-handed right this is this is where your mind constantly is like this is how i control the pistol yeah right and it's sort of backward this is the control yeah yeah right so uh, i kind of tell people like this is your gas like okay like the pistol's a car this is your gas pedal this is your steering wheel you just like your support hands your steering wheel your support hands driving the gun where i want to shoot as i'm looking where i want to go so that's kind of how you know, but it's it, it's so hard with the with the different personalities and the different body frames and mentalities and everything that I have to deal with when I teach a basic class to people that I have guys in there that are military. I was a military shooter. I, okay, awesome. And then I have people in there that were like, I've never held a gun before in my life. Yeah. And just try and and you get forty hours for like for like the basic class, and then I get them every Friday for like four or five hours on top of other stuff, you know, that they're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to, it's. People are not going to be trained at the level we're talking about. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. man. I think the best thing you can do is, is then if they have, you're talking about like going through the police academy, if they have the ability with, Hey, are you, do you give them all blue guns? Yes. Where they carry a blue gun. All so the we time. actually give them blue gun. So they're actually red guns. So they're like, we give them the red Glock guns that yeah. have the reset trigger that you can practice. Cause I, I preach dry fire a lot. So where, yeah, where you'll see dividends is if they're, Hey, at night, like it, this is, if you're doing this while you're at, you're living at the police Academy, right. For a week yeah. at a time, you go home on the weekends or maybe something like that. Like at night, you're going to do, give them a very specific dry fire exercise that's going to reinforce grip. Mm-hmm. Be like, you're going to do five minutes of this. If you just did five minutes of draws and presentations and trigger press with the emphasis uh, in like all of the, the touch points of this is what you should this be feeling it. and experiencing. Yeah. This is what the grip does. Um, you'd see, I think you see dividends. So, yeah, I mean, that. you know, I preach dry fire. I teach dry fire. We do dry fire together. So they know how, you know, like I want it done or how I think it needs to be done. And yeah, we give them homework, Right. And I know the ones that do it yep. nightly because they come back and they show some improvement. Yeah. And I, you know, but I just can't be there going, fucking Ben, go fucking do your dry fire. Only need 10 of them. Go give yeah. me 10. I you know, you're, just like, you, you're doing everything you can. You're doing you, what you give them the tools. Yeah. To I mean, them. yeah, but you're just, I mean like, yeah, you can take the, you know, like leave the horse to water. You just can't make a drink. Right. Yeah. hundred well, percent. So, so the Derek, easy I, answer is then when they shoot the qual, just yeah. Rack and stack everybody and put it in a public place for them to go look at the results. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of do that. But a lot I'm of people you, don't like that. Some people don't give a fuck. Hey, let me, let, let, let me, <laughs> and you can't fix that. You know I, I want to ask you a question, Derek, Uh-oh. since you're the one of the hosts. But so we've been doing this for a year now, and we've had some um, pretty pretty decent shooters on the, mm-hmm. on this podcast, and we always talk about shooting. Has there been anything that you've taken from the classes or talking with the guys that you've come back and go, hey, you know what? I want to try this. All or, the fucking time, dude. dude. So, uh, you know, even um, – 
like just talking to you guys, yeah. watching some of the videos that were talked about on your podcast uh, last month when we did that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, <laughs> <That's> just <laughs> <laughs> talking, you know, talking to these guys. Two, uh, when I teach, not so much when I teach, like not so much when I teach a basic firearms class to recruits because I gotta take some of that stuff they say with a grain of salt. But I do teach train the trainer or instructor level classes for guys to be T Cole, say Texas firearms instructors. And these guys all have different experiences. I find things. I'm like, I learn something every class for those guys. I'm like, dude, that makes fucking sense. Like, where did you learn that? Like, why? Like, why have I never heard that before? Or I've seen that before. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm always taking, trying to change. So, like, even so, the way we do it, I have to write a lesson plan for what we're teaching farms this year, and that lesson plan for me changes each class I teach. Each class I teach, I'm finding little nuances that I need to change or things I should add or things I should take away with the students that I'm having or with the skill sets that are in the class. So, yeah, I mean, I'm constantly learning and changing things. Yeah, Because I know I do. I've, I've changed. I do it so all the time. Stuff. And that's even like SWAT stuff, man. Yeah. Without getting outside some of the principles that we have set on our team as team leaders and senior seniors leaders of the team. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're constantly reevaluating like our tactics. Yeah. Like just talking to you, some things I want to take back and, and be like, Hey, why are we doing this? And just listen to you talk about like, like, like today, like I want to go back and be like, Hey, let's, let's take a look at this and let's really dissect this. You know, like, why are we doing this versus and this? I, I think that's what everybody needs to be doing. But, yeah. but the problem is, man, the people, is I don't think that happens. No, because guys, again, guys, it's a machismo, like a machismo thing. Like it's my fucking tactic. It's me. And, and I don't give a fuck where, you know, I mean, he doesn't do my job and it's not going to work for us. It's everything that we talk. I hate about. to tell every, like, I don't think anybody's had an original thought about shooting or tactics in over 50 years. No, mm-hmm. it's just regurgitation <laughs> of the same shit. Yeah. Maybe with a twist, it's like your niche thing you talked about. Like I have to have my little niche to fucking market, to sell, to yeah. get guys to come to my class or to get guys to buy my book or my DVD or. So here's a question. And I've talked with some other guys about this. So police videos that we see of OISs um, and you have some classes out there or you have some drills or you have guys that, man, I'm always working on, you know, reloads and, and because I've this, look, this is video. This is proof. You have to know how to do a reload. You have to be able to reload. Yes, I understand that. Having a very smooth reload is great. But to look at that video and go, see, this is why I am teaching this class because, look, this officer did that. My question is, okay, if you're going to take this video, what's that officer's level of commitment to his training on that gun? How much is he doing that? how proficient he is with um, accuracy and speed. And if you tell me, dude, he was the guy who just went to the range the one time a year he had to, and that's it. Well, maybe the reason why he had to do a reload is because he wasn't very accurate and fast at the first three rounds that he needed to put him down and it was over with, and he could have saved those other rounds. I I think you'll find that there's a strong correlation between people who are good at shooting and people who are fast at reloading. Yeah. Yeah. There's a strong correlation. Without question, the the reload only becomes a thing because of he only hit the target 13% of the time. Yeah. Or you have a malfunction. Yeah. An induced malfunction. That yeah, you induced. Sure, I mean, I've I, seen those before where 
a guy is his magazine's falling out because he induced that or he did something that induced that deal. And then, yeah, you have to re but as far as if you went back to guys that were a fat fast and accurate and they're putting him down in the first two to three, four rounds and it's over with. There's, there's not, in my opinion, there's not any problem that can't be solved with an, with a, very predictable, accurate bills drill. Yeah, I I, I, I totally you, agree. Then you have eleven rounds left in the magazine, mm-hmm. right? But you drop six rounds within a six-inch group on, on top of somebody's chest. Yeah, like m- more times than not, it's going to be right. That's all it's going to take. It probably won't even take the six. And and I think some trainers have taken these incidents and go, okay, now I can market my training because look we need to work on this because look all this instead of going hey uh, maybe we still need to go back to uh, speed and accuracy speed and accuracy and and building that hard skill also yes you do need to be able to fucking reload your gun I get that I'm not arguing that so please don't say I'm saying that but if you don't understand what I'm saying then come find me later and we'll talk about it but I see that. I come see, find me on Grinder. Yeah, but the closest one in the parking lot. Yeah, but but, but but it drives me crazy because she's have some guys that man. I, 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 look how fast my um, reload is. Cool, that's awesome. I got that. But what are you doing? Like your fifth, sixth round? Is it still good? It, you know. So oh, my sixth round's fucked. I just they reload just for Instagram. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, all right, boys. We've been doing this for almost two hours, and Ben's getting a little antsy in his seat. I think he has to go make pee pee. No. Well, I'm okay. Let me ask just one other question. Matt, ton of experience. Seen other guys do the same job that you, that you've done. How many times have you seen in a real world environment, the rifle to pistol transition in real world? I've never had to transition. I've only seen it firsthand once, once, once. And it was a long engagement outside of a structure and then going into the structure with actually ran the gun dry. So not probably a very um, practical situation for us law enforcement. That one, unless you're just no, the major fucking I think shootout that I think the Hollywood shootout type deal. But other than that, yeah, I think it run and dry. You could always go back to like, we could put awareness on top of it. Like, Hey, if you're sequencing skills correctly, Right. And you're keeping that gun in the best condition it can be. Right. If I'm moving from a long engagement, right, I have no problem dropping a magazine with five rounds and reloading it really quick to for things that might happen in the future. Mm-hmm. If you think contextually, what is going to cause a reload, right, in terms of a malfunction, a hard broke gun mm-hmm. and things like that, you can say that that's a that's a one percent skill. But when I need that one percent skill, you need, it yeah. needs to be so fast and so mm-hmm. precise right because of the context it goes down and i'm in an engagement yeah and now the tool that i'm using to fix that problem just broke yeah but really is it still because are you by yourself you're in a all your friends are there yeah right hopefully we're all shooting at the same thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and then but getting that getting the pistol out you know quickly becomes a becomes a thing i think it's 
it's still something. It's a gun handling element. Yeah. You, you do that dry fire. Yeah. You can and, check it live, but you got to go back and do that stuff. And if you're fire. saying, hey, I'm going to prioritize shooting doubles or I'm going to prioritize mag reloads, I would assume y'all would say uh, doubles is more important. Now, you practice this, but if we're going to spend time, this is way more important. Uh, I'm going to prioritize. What about marks, like offhanded engagements as well? I mean, the, the, the only the, the best thing I, I say for that is like, we see NFL players, quarterbacks, roll out to the weak side. You ever seen somebody put the football in their fucking left hand to throw it? <laughs> it it's 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 just it's retarded. you're going to get just those guys. That. So I I just had this discussion with a guy from my old place that I work with now, and he's like he's like, well, I've had to do that, you know, four times in a real engagement, and I'm like, I get it, I understand that. Now let's talk about how many hits have you been on in your life? He's like, you know. 25 that 2500 to 3000. Okay, and you've done it four fucking times. So if we work out the percentages, I'll commit that amount of time in terms of time and air, ammo <laughs> to tra- and resources. The training support train hand, yeah. yeah. This would actually hand. be pretty fun if Matt does a whole list like, "Hey Matt, t- tell me about urban prone." <laughs> this will get him wound up. This been going on for like 2 hours, you ready to stop? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the urban that that those type of niche things, right? They become a deal where if you look at it from an adversarial standpoint, like urban pro I want guys to get locked down into those positions. Mm-hmm. Right? You you want to dude, if we're if we're I hit plenty of cars, you know, from a from an aircraft Guy gets out of the car. Oh shit! He's he wants to fight. Yeah, right. We'll just sit there and put one round into the hood every second and lock him down on that front tire while the assault guys go up to the car. And what they're going to find is a dude anchored in that position, mm-hmm. locked in because he doesn't want to stick his head up, and we'll melt that dude every time. Yeah. You think you're going to shoot under a car? For me, I'm just going to skip bullets off the ground at you. That shit works. Mm-hmm. You put them, you just got to get them under the car and they're going to go right under the car and into him bullet fragments. If they don't, don't kill him. You don't, you're not going to get the effect you want. You know what he's going to do? He's going to move. Mm-hmm. If you're locked in that position, he's going to stand up. Okay. Now you have a very, a, a much cleaner target. Yeah. Like those types of things be, have become like, it's this one of, right? Well, you're going to need to do that. You're going to need to do that. Like I've never even seen that mm-hmm. in a position. We used to have a joke in the squatter where it was if you went into the prone during an engagement the in the middle of it guys would be like what are you scared about <laughs> i didn't think that was a joke you t- matt actually told me one of his spicier stories when he started training cops i was like oh i don't know how this is gonna go and he's like yeah i looked at one guy i'm like the only reason you prone out is 80 yards is because you're a fucking coward <laughs> like i love you matt i love you so much <laughs> no, i think there's time and place right if i got to take a real precise shot but yeah if you if you have if you're training correctly in terms of that rifle, as soon as I anchor, right, I'm locked to a position in terms of a gunfight. Then I, it makes it easier for a guy. Hey, I'm just going to shoot at him. Yeah, yeah, right. And then getting up, it's going to be times where I'm moving, but I'm not actually changing position. And that's all time that I look at, like I'm giving back to an adversary that I don't want. Yeah, right. Yeah. I should have the skills and ability to 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 make very precise, quick shots from the, from the standing position, you know, yeah. out to kind of 80 to 150 meters. Right. Yeah. For us at night, if my, if I can see it with my laser, you know, in my nods, I see, yep, that dude's got a gun. I should be able to 
get rounds into him very, very aggressively that. Yeah. standing. Yeah. So one of the last things we asked our guests now, and we already asked you last month when we did the podcast yes. with you. So we're going to ask you. So our motto is train hard. What does that mean to you? Train hard? Yeah. And not in a weird way. <laughs> not in a, not a grinder ben, profile way? Grinder yeah. profile way. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it means that you're you know, pushing yourself, right? Setting up, uh, not training where it's comfortable, mm. setting conditions where you're going to fail and, and constantly pushing yourself to get better. And then above everything else, being consistent yeah. with it. I think that's one thing that people don't understand. And I've seen it with cops that get into the practical shooting world. And I tell them the same thing. Like once you started dry firing, it's like, Hey, welcome to this nightmare. Yeah. Cause it's <laughs> never going to be good enough. It's never going to be yeah. clean enough. Right. And, and then once you get bit by that bug where you, you start to see some, some results in terms of skills and ability, it yeah. just fuels that fire mm-hmm. more and more. But, um, and it's a never ending thing. I don't think we've even gotten close to like what's actually possible in terms of, you know, pistol shooting or, or rifle carving shooting. Yeah. You know? And then your waffle cuts you weird when you draw fire to you. Like, what are you doing? Oh, dude. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to learn how to cap the guys that tell me they don't have time. I'm like, man, I got seven kids made GM in eight months. Don't tell me about not having time. That shit almost ruined my life <laughs> and my marriage. <laughs> oh, well, Ben, you got any final last words, man? Oh yes. Yeah, some of it. I mean, something's coming up. Well, no, I mean, I, I already, I already talked about training hard, but I feel like Matt's answer is very similar to mine. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It, it, it is weird. Hey, speaking of similarities, y'all have the same wallet now, right? Yeah, we do. I got we my dad motherfucker right here. Yeah. This is funny. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Look at it. Look, it's the same wallet. So, okay. Hold that up. <laughs> hold that up. I've got it. You got to hold that up. Yeah. I mean, the important thing is mine has more money in it. <laughs> I, d- I disagree. <laughs> I think definitely, I got more money in this wallet than you do. Probably. Do you have government money? <laughs> all right. Well, we, hey, all right, guys. Hey, uh, stay safe. Train hard. Train hard.